you're listening to Astroscope, astrology podcast by Mark Lerner and Great Bear Enterprises. This podcast is sponsored by Buzzword Consulting and Forfame.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast number 110. It is Sunday, February 19, 2023. And after offering podcasts 108 and 109 at the beginning of January, we now present a special astrology podcast, JFK, Chiron, and the Wound That Never Heals, America's Turning Point of the 20th Century, Part 1. This new podcast, created during the President's Holiday Weekend, is based on our cover story of the March-April 2000 edition of Welcome to Planet Earth, Astrology Magazine, and includes horoscopes for the birth of President John F. Kennedy on May 29, 1917, in Brookline, Massachusetts, his assassination on November 22, 1963, in Dallas, Texas, the assassination's secondary progressions as of now, the chart for the apparent assassin Lee Harvey Oswald, born on October 18, 1939, in New Orleans, the USA birth chart at the time of the Declaration of Independence on July 4, 1776, in Philadelphia, the inauguration of JFK on January 20, 1961, in Washington, D.C., JFK's relocation chart for Dallas, Texas, the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, on April 14, 1865, in Washington, D.C., the discovery chart of Vesta on March 29, 1807, in Berlin, Germany, and the horoscope of the Secret Service on July 5, 1865, in Washington, D.C. Overall, this is podcast number 110, offered to the public since May of 2019. Okay, so please bear with me as everything about John F. Kennedy, as well as my other main field of study, the nuclear axis that I worked on in uh, May of 1982, when Welcome to Planet Earth was a fledgling newsletter um, back in Amherst, Massachusetts, and Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, so what I want to do here is read what I wrote for the March-April edition of 2000 in our Welcome to Planet Earth Mundane Earth Astrology magazine that ran for 20 years in the 80s and 90s in print around the nation and around the world. And thank you to all the wonderful astrologers who joined with me in that effort. So a couple of things just to point out here. I'm, I'm going to read the story. And we did actually, on our website at greatbearenterprise.com, our current website, www.greatbearenterprises.com, the very top of the homepage, there's little, little headings. And one of them is simply about. And if you put your cursor over about, one of those areas is entitled news. And that's the Earth Aquarius News section. It used to be the old name of our website, Earth Aquarius News, no longer. It's now Great Bear Enterprises. And um, we published this story inside the news section, October 24th, 2017. Um, It's entitled 
a slightly different astrology on JFK, The Wound That Never Heals. And, it, and oddly enough, for whatever reason, because it's online, it says a 14-minute read. And it's doubtful that it's going to be only 14 minutes as I read it, because this is a fairly emotional part of my life, or a very emotional part of my life. Uh, nevertheless, to actually see this story on the website or read it yourself, it's again at greatparententerprises.com. You go to the top of the homepage and you'll see one of the little headlines is about and you put your cursor over that and there'll be a couple of items there and one of them is news and you go into there you'll scroll all the way down and eventually you will find astrology on JFK the wound that never heals dated October 24th 2017 and supposedly 14 minutes of reading now remember I wrote this in the year 2000 okay and it was originally the cover story and um, in our Mark Lerner Astrology Radio Astroscope section on Graper Enterprises is the only place where we have the actual charts that I mentioned, the the different horoscopes and wheels, and it's in a special JFK section um, within Mark Lerner Astrology Radio Astroscope, one of the main sections at Graper Enterprise. So wherever you listen to this podcast, hopefully you'll actually listen to it from uh, my website in Astroscope. But if you listen elsewhere, please make sure to see the actual charts with all the, not just the sun and moon and eight main planets, but the four main asteroids, Chiron. And we also include a lot of the newer planets like Sedna and Eris and Varuna, Orcus and other ones in many of these charts. These are planets beyond Pluto. So when I first uh, got into all of this, which I'll talk about in an appendix after the story, we didn't have all of these other planets. So in many ways, um, since it's now um, 23 years since I composed this story, and of course the events go back to 1963 when I was only 13 and a half years old. So um, we've now discovered, and this is a big uh, part of this whole story, Chiron in 1977, a small cometary body that orbits between Saturn and Uranus in approximately 50-year orbit and we'll see how that's a big part of all this a couple other things before i start reading um in my um astroscope we have over 100 podcasts on the website and i did one uh called discover your your personal chirological time cycles part one and that was back um in 2020 in November. So there's a whole podcast. It's over two hours if you really want to get into Chiron. And Chiron was a big part of after it was discovered in 1977. We didn't start publishing until 1981 in June. And um, nevertheless, Chiron had just been discovered in the fall, November 1 of in 1977, from photographic plates that had been taken October 18 of 1977. And then suddenly, um, Chiron was a big, big deal in the astrological community. And I'll get into many of the books and the great authors who were part of Welcome to Planet Earth, uh, publishing so many articles for, for 20 years on Chiron. And of course, we know a lot more about Chiron now because it's been, what, 46 years, uh, closing in on 46 years when, since Chiron was discovered. Okay, so also a number of my podcasts um, I did in the last year or so 
were on the void moons at presidential inaugurations, starting with Franklin Roosevelt um, back in his inauguration in 1945 um, on January 20th and getting into JFK's inauguration where there was a void moon. Okay, and then I got into other void moon inaugurations, one for Nixon's second term and Clinton's second term and Obama's um, first term and um, also most recently uh, Joe Biden's first term. So I, I've shared a lot about what happens with void moon energies, um, which is very important because John F. Kennedy in his lone inaugural on January 20th, 1961, one of the big factors is that the moon was was void. So there are a bunch of podcasts on that whole area and that subject. Um, also, one other point is that my main two studies, I mean, if I look at everything I've ever done, I've done so many different fields of, of world leaders, did 13 podcasts about the coronavirus, the China uh, birth chart, 17 podcasts that started this whole section of Astroscope on the United States progressed chart uh, when I started all this back in uh, May several years ago. And the first 17 podcasts were not about the United States actual birth chart. It was about the United States secondary progressions uh, when I first started all of this. So the, those first 17 podcasts get into secondary progressions. Um, one of the main progress systems. So there's a whole lot of, of other podcasts, but I've never fully explored all this, and that's what I want to do. Now, it is President's Weekend, and in the last 24 hours, as I was preparing to do, do this, and I'll explain why, there is a major reason why I'm doing this right now, um, and it has to do with the planet Jupiter, and I will explain this in the appendix after I read the story from the cover story, which I'll do in about one minute, um, I will give you a kind of, it'll take a while. It may even take a whole hour after I read the story. Think of it as footnotes or kind of a, a whole section of why the life and death of President Kennedy and his meaning and particularly Chiron and so many of these factors have been a big part of not just my life, but the world community. I mean, hundreds, I was going to say hundreds of books have been written about President Kennedy and his assassination. It's thousands of books. And this, um, all the different conspiracy theories and so on that have gone on since November 22nd of 1963. So that's part of why I'm sharing this now, but there's a very specific reason. So please tune in. Do not, after I read the whole story and get to the end, don't just stop listening because you're going to get treated to a whole lot of information. Now, this is part one, and there's a lot of charts here, and I am not going to analyze all of these charts in this one particular podcast. That'll be more getting into some of these charts like Discovery of Vesta or Abraham Lincoln's assassination chart, the Secret Service, and so on. I just want you to know where we're going and some of the charts that are very important. Also, dozens of charts that are involved with all this are not being studied because there's so many different characters and different, different people, different events and so on in the course of President Kennedy's life. And there's no way to tackle all of those because there's just dozens and hundreds of charts and people. So I'm trying to select the ones that are most important. Okay, so 
tune in after, uh, at the end of my reading here, I'm going to be giving you, shall I say, these bullet points of extra significance, particularly things that I found since I, I wrote this back in March, April of 2000. By the way, let me say one other thing. Here's something that's really interesting about all this, is that um, the Asteroid series, one of my main teachers, my main female teachers, Eleanor Bach in New York City, when I got into all of this in 1972, 73, and she's the first one to come out with a hardcover uh, edition of series, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta. They were discovered between 1801 and 1807, and I've been working with the Asteroids and Chiron for all of these years, but particularly for 50 plus years, the asteroids. So by the way, if you decide you want a consultation with me, go to Great Bear Enterprise. There's the astrology shop, phone consultation area. There are at least six different consultations. And if you want to finally get into your asteroids and Chiron, we can do a specialty uh, consultation on that. And there's also a report in the astrology report section. And currently our reports, the individual reports, during President's Weekend and probably for the next week are 30% off, and those prices already discounted. There's 17 different computerized reports that can be sent to people by uh, email attachment. There are 17 individual reports that are computerized. Okay, so you can get as many as you want at a discount, and one of them is called Four Asteroids and Chiron. So if you've delayed getting into Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta, as well as Chiron, there's a terrific report. You can order it. And generally, when you place your order within 48 hours, you have a report. It goes into the mythology of these four main goddess, feminine asteroid bodies and Chiron and its principles, what houses they're in in your birth chart, what signs they're in, and so that you can start learning about all that. So I just want you to know that ever since I got into astrology, the asteroids and Chiron have been very important. And um, I was fortunate enough to have, particularly in 1972-73, the woman who brought us the four main asteroids. Now, Chiron wasn't discovered until 1977. But nevertheless, Eleanor Bach, who was a sun sign Capricorn, born three years to the day after my mom, she became my main female teacher, and also she started writing for Welcome Planet Earth. She had her own periodical um, uh, that she had as a newsletter, and she also had um, a fantastic book on planetary stations and so on. So you want to stay in touch with me about that. And we also just created last year GPS Astrology online magazine. Please subscribe to that. You'll see an area at greatbearenterprise.com. And you'll see GPS Astrology. That's our online magazine. We've already created three editions. It's complimentary and it's fantastic. And our next edition is going to come out at the full moon on April the 5th when the sun is conjunct Chiron in Aries and the moon will be in Libra. So if you subscribe to that, you can read the last three issues on our website, GPS Astrology. Um, which has a tremendous focus on goodwill is love and action and all your needs will be met, which are principles that I learned when I worked at the Alice A. Bailey Lucis Trust, um, the Tibetan master DK who overlighted her and they produced 24 incredible volumes. This is Lucis Trust and Lucis Publishing in New York before I was fortunate enough to go to Findhorn, the Findhorn community in Scotland back in the 1970s, and they just celebrated their 60th anniversary. So a little bit about uh, the past there before I start 
sharing about all this. Okay, so let me let me read this and then we'll go forward with the appendix after. So, um, by the way, if when you go to the section on JFK in the charts at Great Bear Enterprises for this particular podcast, we also have a picture of the cover that was done for this edition, which was a fantastic cover utilizing part of the New York Times headline, as well as um, a particular picture. I, all I can tell you is um, I have now taken a picture of our cover, and you should really take a look at that. It is very evocative, even though it is so sad and so tragic about what happened to President Kennedy and Jackie Kennedy and the country and the world because of, of that particular day and that particular time. Okay, so here's what I wrote. JFK, Chiron, and the Wound That Never Heals, America's Turning Point of the 20th Century, Part 1. Will everyone please rise? This was the ominous voice of our school principal sounding through a loudspeaker connected to the front wall of our seventh grade classroom on Friday, November 22, 1963, Mr. Resnick, our science teacher, had just entered our room a few minutes before saying something about a shooting in Dallas, Texas, where the president was visiting. The president is dead. Stunned, shocked, overcome by emotions that somehow had never existed, we were sent home immediately, walking with our classmates in a daze along the main thoroughfare in Forest Hills, New York, where we went to school. The next few hours were a total blur, and then for four straight days, every television station, no exceptions, carried only news of the death of JFK, the second assassination two days later of his alleged killer, Lee Harvey Oswald, by nightclub owner Jack Ruby, and the president's solemn burial at Arlington National Cemetery on Monday, November 25, 1963, JFK Jr.'s third birthday. For years, I kept a copy of the Telegram and Sun newspaper under my desk with the enormous headline, President Shot Dead. Every time I looked at it, feelings of disbelief raced through my consciousness. I was 13 years old when the president died, and I was never the same again as a person. I am sure many of you who live through this time have similar feelings. Next paragraph, next section, why this story. I have made this our cover story having wanted to do this feature for the last 18 years for one main reason. The United States of America has never recovered from the murder of President Kennedy. We have a psychic wound that has never healed. Starting on November 22, 1963, the nation moved on to a future path that may not have been for our higher destiny as a people. In the Jane Roberts books, popular in the 1970s, a personage known as Seth speaks of our probable futures. It is as though we have multiple paths into the future and all kinds of odd events and decisions keep shifting us from one probable future onto another. This is the way I think of what happened to our nation on November 22, 1963. We were moving along on a certain path, to me a rather positive, inspiring one. Then suddenly, zap! 
a lightning bolt of calamity strikes and we are on another very unclear and darkened road into a nebulous future. While we now know that JFK had many imperfections as president, that he was a flawed and probably highly promiscuous leader of our country, at that time, he, Mrs. Kennedy, and their two children, Caroline and John Jr., did represent the perfect and archetypal family, youthful and beautiful, father, mother, daughter, and son. There was a truth and power to the Camelot symbolism of those days, and the president, because of his vigor, wit, and intelligence, was setting our country on a dynamic course, the new frontier, as it was termed in those 1,000 days. The president initiated the Peace Corps and the Alliance for Progress. He and his brother, Robert F. Kennedy, the Attorney General, later to be assassinated in mysterious fashion in June 1968, through their powerful minds, helped to prevent World War III during the, Cub during the Cuban Missile Crisis during 13 days in the second half of October of 1962. And it was President Kennedy, a Gemini, Air Sunshine, who pushed for and won the nuclear test ban treaty during the summer of 1963, just prior to his assassination, a treaty that banned nuclear weapon testing in the air, oceans, and outer space, but not underground. The treaty was one of President Kennedy's great accomplishments. He also inspired us with just one sentence before Congress that we as a nation should land a man on the moon before the end of the 1960s and bring him back safely to Earth. In the 1990s, fitness and physical health were very big, but many forget that from 1961 to 1963, America was on an extreme exercise craze. Again, this was because the president was only 43 years old at his inauguration, and even though he suffered terribly from Addison's disease and a miserable, painful back, partly from his heroic saving of PT-109 and his shipmates during World War II, he appeared so youthful and energetic that he wanted to get this country moving again. And to do so, all the schools were geared into calisthenics. In addition, there was a major push to enhance the teaching of science and math in America, so our students would not fall behind the Russians, the European nations, and the nations of the Far East on the higher knowledge curve. The birth of John F. Kennedy. President Kennedy was born on May 29, 1917, with his son at seven plus degrees of Gemini. His solar life force was almost exactly conjunct the USA Uranus position at 8 plus of Gemini from our Declaration of Independence chart on July 4th of 1776. Tuned into America's Uranian vibrations, JFK came into the presidency as a revolutionary figure, and in many ways that may have led to his death. Keep in mind that the mighty once every 500 year Neptune-Pluto unions had taken place in 1891 and 1892 at 7 and 8 degrees of Gemini. Therefore, President Kennedy was a channel of destiny for vast 
transpersonal and universal energy sweeping into humanity and the earth for a 492-year historical period beginning in the 1890s. In addition, his, his sun placement was in the nuclear axis, the zodiacal zone I discovered in the early 1980s having to do with nuclear and atomic energy due to the position of many planetary bodies between 7 and 14 degrees of Gemini Sagittarius at the first nuclear chain reaction, which occurred on December 2nd, 1942 at 3.25 p.m. Central Standard Time in Chicago, Illinois. It was this last alignment of his son to the launching of the Atomic Age on December 2, 1942, that made him into a prime figure during the Cuban Missile Crisis, preventing a Third World War from developing, something that President Nixon, if he had been elected in 1960, might not have been able to stop. But President Kennedy is also born at an amazing and perhaps peculiar time. Both Mercury and Uranus are stationary. They're not moving on his day of birth from the Earth's vantage point. Mercury had just turned stationary direct a few hours before his birth. Uranus had just turned stationary retrograde a few hours before his birth. How many people that you know are born right on the day of a station? I suppose not many. JFK, JFK had both planets not moving. When planets are stationary, their influence on Earth, for good or for ill or both, is enhanced enormously. And these are the planets of conscious thought and intuition, communication in the higher mind. JFK was also born at an almost precise Jupiter-Uranus square, from 23 plus degrees of Taurus to 23 plus degrees of Aquarius. Keep these three planets, Mercury, Jupiter, and Uranus, in mind as they will surface later on in this story in a remarkable way. And now, next subheading, very important. How Chiron fits into this story. We have printed many articles on Welcome to Planet Earth on the power of Chiron, a cometary body first discovered on November 1, 1977, by astronomer Charles Cowell in Pasadena, California. Chiron has many meanings, but a few of the essential ones are the maverick, the outsider, twilight zones of strange time, wounds, pains, and wounds that never really heal. This last theme has to do with Chiron himself, the mythological centaur being a great healer in the ancient Greek myths. Chiron was an immortal, being born from godly heritage, but he was struck accidentally by a poisoned arrow from Hercules, one of his students. He was painfully wounded but couldn't die because he was an immortal. However, eventually, to bail him out from his suffering, an exchange was created, and he swapped positions with Prometheus, who was having his liver devoured daily by an eagle or griffin for his stealing fire from the gods for the benefit of humanity. In essence, Chiron was able to give up his immortality and finally placed into the sky by Zeus. Now remember, Zeus is the Greek name for the god Jupiter in Roman mythology, and Jupiter is playing an enormous role. I'm adding this now about why I'm doing the story this morning, Sunday, February 19th, and I'll explain that right at the end after I read. So to repeat, in essence, Chiron was able to give up his immortality in mythology, 
and finally was placed into the sky by Zeus, as the legend goes, as the constellation of Centaurus. In doing research on Chiron many years ago, I decided to create an hypothesis and then see if it worked out. My hypothesis was that the major events of the 20th century should have very strong Chiron emphasis, perhaps Chiron stationary, because when the big happenings in the world occur, people are thrown out of their ordinary day-to-day chronological Saturn-based time rhythms and tossed into a twilight zone or chirological Chiron-based experience. Very weird and strange. It's important to note that I created my list first without knowing where Chiron was at those times and not looking at a Chiron ephemeris. I remember marking down on my list four top events of the 20th century in the following order. The assassination of JFK, November 22, 1963. The assassination of the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, the spark that ignited World War I on June 28, 1914. The sneak attack on Pearl Harbor, December 7 of 1941, and landing a man on the moon, July 20th of 1969. With the last three events, Chiron was stationary within a week to 10 days of the event. Therefore, Chiron was barely moving, creating a strange sense of time and space for humanity on planet Earth. But I was in for a shock when I turned to the Chiron ephemeris and looked at November 22nd, 1963. Chiron was totally motionless that very day. No orb whatsoever at 10 plus degrees of Pisces. The Chiron principles of pains, wounds, twilight zones, mavericks, and keys that unlock doors to higher realms of consciousness were fully and powerfully at work on November 22nd, 1963. Further research on Chiron is the next subheading. It turns out Chiron was also stationary and not moving, incredibly powerful, as JFK and Richard Nixon experienced their exceptionally close Twilight Zone type election on November 8, 1960. No one knew until the morning after the election that JFK had won one of the tightest elections in the nation's history. Rumors eventually swirled that JFK's father, Joseph P. Kennedy, had bought the election by influencing votes in Illinois and Texas which states JFK narrowly won, won, giving him the victory over Vice President Nixon. Also, on the day of President Kennedy's inauguration, January 20th of 1961, Chiron switched from 30 degrees Aquarius to zero degrees Pisces. This revealed Chiron's extraordinary presence even in the midst of the birthing of the doomed JFK administration. Part of the reason JFK never left the presidency alive was because the moon was void, not making major aspects before leaving the sign in Pisces at the oath of office. Bear with me while I just turn the pages from our magazine. Continuing, as I have reported before in Welcome Planet Earth, such a void moon also occurred at FDR's last inauguration. He died of a cerebral hemorrhage before leaving office. A void moon also occurred at Nixon's second inauguration. He resigned in August 1974 before his term was up. And Clinton's inaugural, second inaugural, and we all know what has occurred during President Clinton's second term in office. In other words, the Monica Lewinsky affair, his being impeached, 
he wasn't thrown out of office because in the Senate you needed a two-thirds vote and he prevailed there. Um, as I shared also at the, um, before reading the story, President Obama um, and Joe Biden, um, when their term began January 20th, of 2009 with President Obama as president, Joe Biden as vice president, there was a void moon. And that void moon, by the way, was at 30 degrees of Scorpio, which is the exact same position for the assassination of President Kennedy. And President Biden's administration with um, Kamala Harris on January 20th, um, 2021, also began with a void moon. Okay, subheading here, the assassination of the president. In astrological circles, the birth chart for the assassination, assassination of JFK has been studied meticulously, particularly back in the 1970s when I first began my professional work in the field. One of the most astounding features of this map is the Pythagorean figure or triangle, what's called the 3-4-5 triangle, composed of Jupiter at 9 plus degrees of Aries, Uranus at 9 plus degrees of Virgo, and Mercury at 9 plus degrees of Sagittarius. Now, remember earlier in this article, I mentioned the power of these three planets at JFK's birth. Think about it. The president goes on a long trip, Jupiter, and as he is riding in a motorcade, Mercury, shots ring out in shocking Uranus fashion, and he is gunned down, presumably by one or more marksmen with rifles, represented by Uranus. The great astrologer Barbara Waters referred to Mars as ruling knives. Uranus as ruling guns, and Pluto as ruling bombs. If Lee Harvey Oswald was involved as a lone eccentric marksman firing from the Texas School Book Depository, he would, have, he would certainly have fulfilled the Uranus role in this horrible astrological equation. To this day, we don't really know what happened in Dallas, and we also don't have a clear meaning astrologically for a precise, and I mean just about totally precise, Pythagorean triangle. But perhaps during 2000, 83 years after JFK's birth, we will find some answers. As I wrote in one of our issues in 1997, I discovered a few years ago that due to peculiarities in Jupiter's orbit, it, it returns exactly day by day zodiacally to where it was 83 years before. Thus, years separated by 83 years seem to have an historical parallel or link because Jupiter is retracing his zodiacal footsteps from where he was 83 years before. In this context, 2000, the year 2000, is a reflection of 1917, the year JFK was born. Oddly enough, I forgot, I forgot about this when I decided to write this article and make it the cover story. I also forgot about the fact that Jupiter and Saturn will unite on May 28, 2000, which is within one day the 83rd anniversary of the birth of John F. Kennedy. And in an extraordinary repeat of zodiacal history, the same Jupiter-Uranus square from Taurus to Aquarius that occurred when JFK was born in May, May 1917 is happening again in May 2000. Perhaps this will give researchers and students of the JFK assassination, the president's life, and work a chance to understand more about his meaning to the nation, the world, and humanity. Lee Harvey Oswald and the Assassination that's the next subtitle. Did this 24-year-old loner and former U.S. Marine actually kill the President of the United States? Did he do it by himself? Did others conspire to kill the President? The killing of JFK is certainly the greatest American crime of the 20th century, and it remains the greatest enigma. 
Notice in the chart that Pallas, Juno, Neptune, Ceres, and the Sun are all in Scorpio. This is for the assassination. Sign of mysteries, puzzles, and the unknown. The sun in the very last degree of Scorpio seems to sum up the feelings of total despair for the nation and the world. As the sun would move into international Sagittarius by the late evening of November 22, 1963, and by Monday, November 25, 1963, one of the largest gatherings of world leaders took place in Washington, D.C., during the burial procession of our slain president. In the assassination map, stationary and completely immobile Chiron, the nation's wounds, pains, mourning, and grief, at 10-plus Pisces guards the first house of national, uh, excuse me, of national self-expression, opposing a Uranus-Pluto union in Virgo, the seventh house, enemies of the nation, and squaring Mercury at 10 degrees Sagittarius. The Chiron-Mercury square could symbolize the frozen and shocked media of the nation, where every TV station was focused on the assassination and burial of the president for four days. But also notice that Saturn at 17 plus degrees Aquarius had just risen over the eastern horizon moments before the shooting. Saturn is a strong symbol of the ch chief executive of the country, the president, and also our father figure of the nation. On July 20th of 1963, a total solar eclipse had occurred at 27 plus of Cancer, exactly on President Kennedy's natal Saturn, 27 plus Cancer in the 10th house of profession and career. Ancient astrology had some terrible things to say about a total solar eclipse falling upon the Saturn placement for a leader, particularly if that leader also had Saturn in the 10th house. Note, there seems to be a cardinal rule in astrology that if you are born with Saturn in the 10th house, and aspire to a position of great leadership, be very careful. You may experience a major fall from grace and power. This happened to Napoleon, Hitler, JFK, Richard Nixon, and even Bill Clinton if we use his 851 Central Standard Time birth time. JFK's natal Saturn was also directly opposite the United States Pluto at 27 plus of Capricorn possibly signifying the sinister underworld Pluto connections to the assassination. Note that part of the magic and charisma of the president was that his natal Pluto at three plus a cancer was exactly conjunct America's natal Venus. By the way, I want to pause here. I just did an astrology in five. It was actually eight plus minutes. It's on our the Cosmic Calendar app astrology cosmic calendar that's free one day at a time for iphones and android phones or by subscription just pennies a day so in the cosmic calendar um, what's called daily astrology cosmic calendar that you can get if you haven't already gotten it for your iphone or your android phone i just did an eight plus minute podcast um, it's called astrology in five podcast 48 on jfk reading from mysteries of venus the book that i published which is out of print back in 1986 and i think you want to listen to that short podcast of, of about eight minutes because there's some fantastic revelations in there that um, are in sync with what i'm sharing here so back to our story okay so um the fact that President Kennedy had his Pluto exactly on the United States Venus, that signified our hypnotic and enticing love, I think it's going to be affair, love affair with President Kennedy. Not that everybody admired him. He had many enemies, but so did FDR and other presidents. Nevertheless, JFK's charm, wit, and intelligence 
created a kind of magic spell with women, his Pluto on the USA Venus, and with the press, his sun in Gemini, and his Venus not only in Gemini, but right on the north heliocentric node of Venus. The chart for Lee Harvey Oswald, birth data from Oswald's mother, obtained by Lois Rodden um, from her um, data news information. Um, she's passed away, but again, the chart for a long time from Lee Harvey Oswald, the time was unknown. And so I was searching for that for a long time, ever since I got into astrology in 1972-73. So back to what I wrote here, the chart for Lee Harvey Oswald, birth data from Oswald's mother, obtained by Lois Rodden, reveals a strong and approaching Sun-Saturn polarity from Libra to Aries. If Oswald was involved in this assassination, was he symbolically trying to kill his own father? Saturn symbolism. After all, he grew up without a father, his father having died before his birth. And Saturn was rising at the time of the assassination. In addition, Oswald was born at a Sun-Saturn opposition, an opposition which also squared JFK's natal Saturn in late Cancer. In parallel fashion to the assassination, Oswald is born with Chiron, the maverick outsider, in the first house, um, in the first house in a water sign, with Cancer rising for Lee Harvey Oswald, his ruler of the moon is setting at 13 plus degrees of Capricorn, exactly opposite the USA sun at 13 plus of Cancer. And Oswald also has Saturn, um, another symbol of the president of the United States here, because Oswald's 13 plus degree Capricorn moon is in Saturn's sign. We also see two very extraordinary planetary placements for Oswald. Mars at 11 plus degrees of Aquarius, by the way, exactly where Mercury is now on February 19, 2023. And that's not the reason I'm doing this, but I've been watching that for the last 24 hours. So we also see, as I wrote uh, back in uh, 23 years ago, we also see two very extraordinary planetary placements for Oswald. Mars at 11 plus Aquarius and Uranus at 20 plus a Taurus. His natal Mars, strife, murder, violence, when used negatively, is exactly conjunct the transiting moon at the assassination, where the moon symbolized the nation's feelings and emotions. Notice that he was also born with a very tight Mercury-Mars square in fixed power signs, an astrological signature of his periodic temper tantrums and violent streak. And in the 22 years separating the birth of JFK and Lee Harvey Oswald, we notice that Uranus has moved from 23-plus degrees of Aquarius, JFK's birth, to 20 Taurus, Oswald's birth. That puts Oswald's Uranus, shocks, surprises, guns, and rifles, exactly conjunct John F. Kennedy's natal Mercury, mind, thinking, the head and throat wounds uh, to, to JFK. One way or another, whether assassin or patsy or somewhere in between, it appears that Oswald or someone born on his birthday was involved in the shooting of the President of the United States. I've always felt this and the progress maps for both men at the assassination, perhaps to be shared at a later date, bear this out. Jupiter-Saturn echoes linking 1961 and 2000. Uh, this is the final section of what I wrote. As we close for this time, consider the following. JFK was inaugurated just one month before Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in February 1961. Actually, today. Okay, February 19 of 1961. Today is February 19 of 2023. 62 years to the day 
after uh, this is when John F. Kennedy was inaugurated, just one month before that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, February 19, 1961, at 25 plus degrees of Capricorn. The JFK administration began in the dark moon balsamic phase of the Jupiter-Saturn cycle from 20 years before. Perhaps this had something to do with the disastrous end of the JFK presidency. Now in early 2000, we're in the dark moon balsamic phase of another Jupiter-Saturn cycle that began in July 1981 at four plus degrees of Libra. This new Jupiter-Saturn union, May 28 of 2000, occurs at 22 plus degrees of Taurus, conjunct JFK's Mercury-Jupiter union in Taurus in his eighth house of metamorphosis, death, rebirth, and transformation. Will we solve the enigma of his life, death, and meaning for America? Can we discover a miracle cure for the wound that never heals, the psychic ailment that has thrown our country into a strange darkness of character and spirit since November 22nd of 1963? After all, it was following JFK's demise that America became entrenched in Vietnam, leading to another horrible wound in our national planetary life. And it was following the death the, the death of JFK, that Richard Nixon made his comeback, leading to more national division and the Watergate scandal. In the 1990s, we have all suffered through the shame and pains of the Clinton scandals. President Kennedy, his family, presidency, and spirit meant something extremely important to our nation. And in the last 37 plus years, much of this has been lost, forgotten, steamrolled over by intoxicating loss from material riches and national fame. Many may not remember that the poet Robert Frost spoke at President Kennedy's inaugural address. Frail at that time, speaking during an extremely chilly day in Washington, D.C., Robert Frost, one of JFK's favorite poets, was able to touch the hearts of the nation along with President Kennedy. This is the same Robert Frost who penned the immortal lines about the road less traveled, and that has made all the difference. In the same way, the death of JFK pushed America onto a strange, dimly lit road Perhaps we don't know what really happened, and we lost a president. First, we lost a first family and a portion of our national soul spirit that we may never recover. However, by remembering the past and trying to grapple with the events of JFK's life and death, we may move closer to solving America's turning point moment of the 20th century so that we can really move forward in the 21st century as a spirit-guided and heart-directed nation. Special acknowledgement and appreciation is given to the New York Times for the ability to run a small portion of the front page from November 23rd, 1963, on the cover of this Welcome to Planet Earth edition. We also give thanks to the unknown source who many years ago provided the old newspaper and photos also utilized in the artistic reduction of our cover. Okay, so that is the official end of what I wrote, and um, I want to give my notes now. As I said, um, also, I was going to say this at the beginning, but I have a chart on my computer for when I started this. And at the time I started reading this, we had about 14, 14 plus degrees Sagittarius rising, which is one of the great symbols in Dane Rudger's and astrological mandala where he was my main male teacher and he reinterpreted um, his colleague, Dr. Mark Edmund Jones's Sabian Symbols, which had come from a psychic named Elsie Wheeler in 1924 in a park in San Diego. So every degree of the zodiac has its symbol, and there's some slight differences between what Dr. Mark Edmund Jones received from Elsie Wheeler, the psychic in San Diego on that day, which is a 
whole extraordinary kind of thing. There's a whole book called The Sabian Symbols by, by Dr. Mark Edmund Jones, in case you want to get that. And then Dane Rudyard's uh, Reinterpretation and Astrological Mandala, which is a paperback um, that came out around 1973. And it's really fascinating because as I started this, the sign Sagittarius was rising at 14 degrees, and the symbol is the Great Pyramid and the Sphinx. And from spiritual levels, there's been so much written, particularly by Manley uh, Palmer Hall and so many others, who wrote um, this unbelievable book, very big, The Secret Teachings of All Ages, Manly Palmer Hall. I still have it. Um, it's just a gold mine. I mean, it's like, it's bigger than eight and a half by 11 inches. And it runs, I don't know, maybe 200 pages about all the secrets of, of history, um, civilizations and things that are esoteric and metaphysical and numerological and astrological. And there's a lot of material about America being the new Atlantis and Freemasonry and people like Washington and Jefferson and Franklin and Adams and so many of the founding fathers and mothers are part of like a, a vast esoteric background. Um, I'll just leave it at that for the moment. So at any rate, in the chart for, for now, um, well, let me give you the keynote of why I'm doing this. Okay. I sort of hinted at it before, but a couple of years Oh, before I wrote this article in 1995, um, and I've done a, one or two podcasts on this, I discovered that Jupiter does not have, in most books you'll see Jupiter, it will say, has a 12-year cycle, you know, going through the 12 signs of the zodiac. But due to a strange series of investigations, I realized, wait a minute, Jupiter has a cycle of 11.86 years, and seven of those cycles will make almost exactly 83 years. And then I discovered that every 83 years, Jupiter is exactly day by day where it was 83 years before. So again, it's sort of like, okay, there's this 83-year cycle. And part of the reason why this has been really significant for me in doing several po podcasts the last few years is that 1939 and 2022 are 83 years apart. So we just had the war in Ukraine beginning on February 24th. Um, and we're about to have the solar return for that because right now it's President's Weekend and it's February 19. And five days from now is the solar return of that war. And as I've shared many of the other podcasts, for the first time ever, America has Pluto coming back. Well, we just had Pluto come back last year. In fact, the first of the three exact Pluto returns for the United States in late Capricorn from July 4th, 1776, happened on February 20th of last year, four days before Vladimir Putin launched um, this invasion in, in eastern Ukraine. Of course, he, he already took back um, Crimea in 2014, and so that was already happening. And then this is the, as you know from the news, it's just been extraordinary last year with President Zelensky and so on. So we've been enduring as a nation and now reinforcing uh, support for Ukraine and NATO against what's happening in Russia, all happening with Pluto coming back, which had never done before in the United States chart. We've also just had Neptune, which is now in Pisces, going opposite the U.S. Neptune from July 4th, 1776, which is right at the top of our birth chart, along with a newly discovered planet called Chaos, 
which didn't wasn't discovered until uh, November of 1998, within one day of the current president, Joe Biden's birthday. He's born November 20th of 1942. And there's a planet out there. It's not a fake planet. It's a real planet with 310-year orbit, and I've been following it a whole lot. It's called chaos, and it's beyond Pluto, and it's in our solar system. And in the U.S. chart, winds up being right next to Neptune, and both Neptune and chaos are at the Midhaven or at the top of the U.S. chart that we have used here for the Declaration of Independence for the last 40-plus years um, for late afternoon, 447 in the afternoon in Philadelphia. Um, on July 4th of 1776, and of which we get very great results um, by using that particular chart. So um, it turns out that the, the reason I'm doing this right now is that in the last few days, I watched, um, there's a show on the History Channel, as many of you know, I've, I've also mentioned this, and perhaps many of you UFO watchers and ET watchers, um, if you go back, I did a whole series of articles on on George Lucas and Star Wars, on uh, Colonel Corso's um, The Day After Roswell. We did a whole co cover story in that. I have a chart for flying saucers from Kenneth Arnold on June 24th, 1947, um, The Birth of Flying Saucers. Um, and, and I wrote all these articles in Welcome to Planet Earth. And then I did a series of podcasts on this a couple of years ago. And you can find them, again, in Mark Lerner Astrology Radio Astroscope at greatbearenterprise.com in the podcast section and listen to those podcasts. And in many ways, um, that's also connected to President Kennedy and the nuclear axis and the October uh, missile crisis of 1962 and so many different things. So President Kennedy, which I'll get into in some of my notes here, sort of is the bridge. And, and Chiron also represents a rainbow bridge, aside from representing mavericks and keys that open doors to higher consciousness and shamans and mentors and the twilight zone and all kinds of other qualities in terms of meditation and affirmations and, and uh, so many spiritual themes that Chiron represents. Um, so we can't get into everything right now. As I said, I did a podcast on your personal chirological cycles. It's over two hours from November of 2020. So you can listen to that um, at Astroscope at Great Bear Enterprises. You can also listen to my rendition. It's in the Geneva Summit uh, podcast about the nuclear axis, the first original article I wrote in one of the uh, Welcome to Planet Earth from the very beginning. Okay, when I got into all the research on the first nuclear chain reaction chart of December 2nd, 1942. And the point of all this is that President Kennedy is connected to all of this because we almost wound up using nuclear weapons between the Russians and America at the Cuban Missile Crisis. And it was only really the brothers, the Gemini quality that President Kennedy brought in. He was the first of our three uh, sun sign Gemini presidents. We never had a sun sign Gemini president until John F. Kennedy. We also had never had a president born in the 20th century because the previous president was Eisenhower, who was born October 14, 1890. Okay, and he was actually born before the Neptune Pluto conjunctions of 1891, 1892. So Dwight Eisenhower was a little kid. And then when he was a little kid, we had these Neptune-Pluto conjunctions, which are rare. Okay, they only happen every 500 years, 492 years. But where they occurred was 8 plus of Gemini twice, and then 7 plus of Gemini 
in three different conjunctions. Well, the United States Uranus from July 4th, 1776, we, we didn't know that Uranus was there. And I've studied the Uranus discovery chart till the Till the cows come home here for 40 plus years. That happened March 13 of 1781 in Bath, England by William Herschel. So the thing is, five years or four plus years after the start of the American Revolution, suddenly we have the whole world become shocked that we find a planet beyond Saturn. It changes the entire understanding of our structure of the solar system. You have to remember that until Copernicus and Galileo in the 1500s and 1600s, particularly Copernicus, um, suddenly says, hey, guess what? It's, the earth is not the center of everything, which is the way we had understood in the Greek and Roman times and from Ptolemy, who was a, uh, an, um, a, an Egyptian. Let's see if I remember. He was a Greek living in Egypt. And he's he created some of the first books on astrology living in Alexandria. So uh, back in the first century AD. Okay. But nevertheless, you know, to continue with the story, we the whole focus for like 1500 years and for a th couple thousand years before that, even though we do have a couple, I think it was Aristarchus, some, there, were, there were one or two people in ancient Greece, at least from, from recorded history, who tried to tell us the sun is at the center of the solar system, but nobody accepted that. And it wasn't until Copernicus, particularly on his deathbed in the 1500s, that there was a focus on, wait a minute, the sun is at the center, we have to change everything we know. And then Galileo continued with all this, and particularly with telescopes and looking at Jupiter in particular and so on. And I'll, at another point, I'll talk to you about how how uh, Galileo discovered Neptune, but he didn't, he didn't know it was Neptune, which is another whole story. And that happened around 1619, which would have changed history um, tremendously. So it's, it's something I've looked at and studied, but I've never really reported on. At any rate, the shock of Uranus being discovered, particularly in England, okay, and it's not as if our founding fathers and different people, we knew that there was a guy, William Herschel, who was an emigre from Germany, who was creating these telescopes in uh, southwestern England. And, and one, one day he, he said, hey, I discovered something. He, he, he didn't know it was a planet. He thought it was a comet. But the Royal uh, Astronomical Society of England said, Guess, guess what? You actually discovered a planet, and he wanted to name it after King George. And in fact, England kept the name Georgium Sidum, uh, Star of George, to honor King George III until around the 1850s. Meanwhile, a German astronomer said, no, we've got to work with some of the names of, of the, the Titans and uh, the deities from the ancient world, so Uranus or Uranus, depending on how you want to pronounce it, was given that name. Okay, but it is very fascinating that um, for many decades, I mean, it's like, what, 70 years in England, they kept on referring to this planet as either Herschel, after the discoverer, who was then knighted and called Sir William Herschel. Um, at any rate, this is a long story. But the point is, is that the conjunctions of Neptune and Pluto which formed part of the basis of the nuclear axis that I discovered uh, between 7 to 14 degrees of Gemini and Sagittarius, that's where the uh, this powerful conjunction of Neptune and Pluto took place in 1891-92. And we never had a Gemini president. Suddenly, uh, John F. Kennedy is elected. His son is at 7 plus a Gemini, which is the, the point of the, of the last Neptune-Pluto conjunction. And we won't have another one of these 
until a couple hundred years from now. So he comes in as our first Gemini sunshine president. Then we get George Bush Sr., um, who's born June 12th of 1924. And then most recently, Donald Trump, who was, who was born June 14th, 1946. But again, we had never had a Gemini sunshine president. And the United States birth chart from July 4th, 1776 has Mars and Gemini at 21 plus degrees. And right now we're experiencing a Mars return and an elongated period of Mars and Gemini because of its station and retrograde. It started in late October, October 30th, and um, didn't go direct. Uh, Mars didn't go direct to Gemini until January 12th. And where it stopped was eight plus a Gemini on the United States Uranus and within one degree of President Kennedy's sun and reigniting the Neptune-Pluto conjunctions from 1891-92. And their part of what I discovered with the nuclear axis, which is why people like um, Blatter and Putin for one reason or another, are bringing up all this fear that he might use a nuclear weapon. And then we also have the fact that in his invasion of Ukraine right at the beginning, one of the places that they seized was Chernobyl, which is in northern Ukraine. And then the biggest nuclear facility, which is a name I would mispronounce, something like Zeporizhia, is in the southern area. And it's in one of the areas where they're fighting tremendously. So we got at least two nuclear facilities. And there's a lot of nuclear facilities in France uh, in particular, and they're reviewing their policies. And we have just ex a, a tremendous focus, unfortunately, that is bringing us all back to President Kennedy, to the missile crisis of 1962, which is another whole subject that I'll get into another time. And the fact that he was our first sun sign Gemini president, his son was on our Uranus and ignited the Neptune-Pluto conjunctions, as I said, from 1891-92. And this is involved with a whole lot of other nuclear research. So, you know, I would suggest listening to my podcast from the G Geneva summit, which I did uh, about Joe Biden when he went there to Geneva in 2021. And that's when I read my whole story of the nuclear axis, the beginning of how I found it, my studies on the charts for the Trinity explosion in Alamogordo, New Mexico um, in July of 1945, dropping the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And I found that over and over there were um, energies, particularly because of the nuclear chain reaction, Enrique Fermi, uh, the controlled nuclear reaction um, in Chicago um, on December 2nd, 1942. And I did a lot of research to get the exact time, make sure that it actually was central time, central standard time and not wartime and so on, and took months to figure out the exact chart. Okay, so there's a lot of my research on all of that. Um, okay, so, but here's the big thing about Jupiter. Literally now, okay, Jupiter is returning because of its 11.86 year cycle, not because it has a 12 year cycle. When you read, it says Jupiter's 12 year cycle. That's an approximation. Jupiter has an orbit of 11.86 years. And when you multiply that up by seven, you get exactly 83 years, which is why I was referring to 1917 and 2000, because it was 83 years. And I was writing the article in 2000. And my hope was that by writing the article in 2000, I would open the door for people to investigate more of this. We get more of the truth, figure out, you know, what about Lee Harvey Oswald, his connections, and so on. So, but right now, suddenly in the last few days, I know it's President's Day. I've been 
I watched um, on the History Channel um, with Lawrence Fishburne they, uh, as a host. They just did an episode um, on the JFK uh, conspiracies, and they presented seven different ones. You know, Khrushchev was involved, or Castro, the mafia. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald had a double. Then we have the whole issue of the FBI and the Secret Service and the CIA, which is part of the reason why, even though we're supposed to have received as for the American people, due to certain things that were decided by the Congress a long time ago, that everything would become revealed, you know, 50 plus years later. And it turned out that um, you may remember when Donald Trump was running in the primaries and accused Ted Cruz's father of being part of the whole assassination. And Ted Cruz got so angry with him, now they're buddy-buddy. But at any rate, um, there was this whole accusation that Trump brought up in order to uh, relegate Ted Cruz from not getting you know, the nomination, that Ted Cruz's father was somehow involved with Lee Harvey Oswald. Okay. Meanwhile, when Trump became president, he had an opportunity, and I remember reading about this, this was right after the Donald Trump inauguration, January 20th of 2017. And a few days later, I see an article from the Dallas Morning News. Not all of the all the material from that was supposed to be released is going to be released. So the very person, Donald Trump, who had created this whole uh, stir that created all this anger with Ted Cruz and the Republican Party accusing his father of being involved with, with Lee Harvey Oswald and the assassination of President Kennedy. Now remember, Donald Trump is a sun sign Gemini whose son is on the United States Mars. He's born on the day of a total lunar eclipse. His moon is in Sagittarius. And Donald Trump's moon is also on the Venus-Mars conjunction of the assassination of President Kennedy. In other words, Donald Trump's chart, aside from being very connected, I've shared a lot about his chart relative to U.S. chart. And Donald Trump's chart, which is part of the reason he became president and is trying to run again, his chart is incredibly connected to the U.S. chart, uh, whether we like him or we don't like him. And that's why he's still possibly going to get the Republican nomination or, you know, planning to run for it, even though he's got all these legal factors going on. But his chart is unbelievably connected to um, to John F. Kennedy, because they're both Sunshine Geminis, and the assassination chart. So it's not shocking, although it was at the time that he suddenly threw out this kind of thing, Ted Cruz's father. Uh, involved with the Kennedy assassination. And, and we may forget about now because supposedly they're good friends again within the Republican Party. But it was something that created just a tremendous amount of anger and press coverage about like, why, what is he talking about? Like, where's the proof of all this stuff? So at any rate, but the astrology is where all these connections are. So this morning, and literally as I'm looking at the charts right now, where I am in the in the Pacific Northwest, the ascendant is 29 plus of Sagittarius right at this moment, which actually is connected very much to when President Lincoln died, okay, on April 14, 1865. Uh, that position is, is the ascendant at this particular time of where Jupiter was um, on that particular date, oddly enough. And um, some of these late degrees of the zodiac, like 29, again, President Kennedy murdered, the sun is at 29 three quarters of Scorpio. When President Obama takes the oath or when Barack Obama takes the oath to be president, 
back on January 20th of 2009, there's a void moon exactly at 29 and three quarters of Scorpio. Okay, the sun degree of President Kennedy. And what's often forgotten is that um, President Obama or Barack Obama was born August 4th of 1961, just a week before the Berlin Wall. Okay, so part of the whole thing is that um, President Kennedy coming into power and then uh, Barack Obama coming into, into power um, also with a void moon. And of all the degrees in the zodiac that the moon could be void, why would it be not just the exact sun of President Kennedy's assassination, but to the degree an almost minute of arc? So I found that to be like, why is that happening? It's such an uh, unbelievable synchronicity there, unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so again, right now, um, it turns out that the degree on the horizon it's going to shift out here where I live in Oregon from 30 of Sagittarius, literally now as I'm talking with you, okay, it's 3.53 in the morning on Sunday, February 19th. And when Lincoln was assassinated in Ford's Theater on April 14th of 1865, um, Jupiter was stationary at 29 plus of Sagittarius. Part of the reason Vesta comes into this whole thing is when, when Vesta was discovered, um, March 29, 1807, it was a 29 of Virgo squaring the Jupiter that was stationary when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. And on Abraham Lincoln's desk in the White House were the papers to create a secret service to protect him. When you go, by the way, another whole thing that I want to bring up here is 20 years ago, I wrote a whole book length manuscript that will now finally see the light of day. It's not going to be a book. It'll be on, I mean, eventually we can make it into a book, but it's going to appear in a rough form on America's astrological destiny. Okay. The original title was George W. Bush, the former, the George Bush's son when he was president in 2003. It was originally called George W. Bush and America's Destiny, but it's been 20 years. And so I've, I've shifted the title to something along the lines of America's astrological destiny. But I but I wrote it 20 years ago, and I never published it. And it's all about presidents and uh, assassination attempts. There's 30, I think there's 38 charts, and I want to bring it out shortly because of my need to tell this story and connect it to the nuclear axis and Chiron and its power and all these different planetary energies that we're going through in our country now following the pandemic. Pluto coming back for the first time ever in Capricorn three times. That's still going to happen again at the end of this year, 2023, within a quarter of a degree. Pluto's not done with, with us yet. And we're also about to have Pluto going to zero of Aquarius. And that's going to start on March 23rd uh, for a couple of months. And then Pluto will retrograde back into late Capricorn. But with Pluto over the next two years going to zero Aquarius, that's crucial. Why? Because January 20th of 2025 is the next inauguration. And when we have our inaugurations now, January 20th, uh, instead of the old date was March 4th for, for decades, for 200 years, uh, or almost 200 years. And then it was changed during FDR's first uh, time in office so that when he was re-inaugurated for the second time, that was January 20th of 1937. And since then, all the inaugurations are, are in January rather than March. Okay. And part of what I'm, what I wrote about 20 years ago is there's this 
cosmic grand trine for the United States. July 4th, the sun is at approximately 13 degrees of cancer, 13 plus cancer, which by the way, is the zodiacal longitude of the brightest star Sirius. Okay. And on GPS, in GPS astrology, our new online magazine, you'll see the beautiful triangle that my daughter Katya has created. And she's the managing editor of this beautiful publication. Thank you, Katya, for everything you're doing, not just for for uh, GPS astrology, but for all of Great Bear Enterprise, which you have designed and which you worked so hard on over so many years and helping me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, at any rate, uh, the, this this triangle on the cover that we use each each time with GPS astrology has um, the seven stars of the Great Bear, the seven stars of the Pleiades, and Sirius, the dog star, the brightest star in the sky, which isn't a single star system. It's a double star system, and I'm going to get into that another time, perhaps in the next issue of April, of April 5, when, when we do the next full moon issue of GPS astrology. Uh, again, remember, you can read the three previous issues. It's complimentary. Uh, at the Great Bear Enterprise website, you'll see GPS Astrology, and you can click on that, and you can read through the fantastic first three three issues of so many different wonderful articles and images and storylines and so on. So please do that and subscribe. The more subscribers, the better. It's complimentary, but we want to be able to you know keep on going with this and expand what we're doing. And GPS Astrology will be coming out quarterly, always at a full moon. So. That's part of the reason for doing it, to bring um, goodwill as love and action and all your needs being met, themes that are connected to Luce's Trust and Luce's Publishing, where I worked, which is part of the Alice Bailey teachings and the Tibetan Master DK on spirituality, as well as my experience at Fintorn and that community in Northern Scotland, which is still going strong all these years. Okay, so... Um, What's going to happen now? Okay, now we've got zero Capricorn rising. We made this shift. But as I was saying, very often when I do these uh, podcasts, we get some extraordinary things happening in the sky. So here's the other thing going on now. We've got Mercury at 11 plus of Aquarius. That's the moon position that was rising. It was actually in the 12th house of the assassination chart of President Kennedy. As I said, when you look at Lee Harvey Oswald's chart, turns out, uh, if I can jump to that chart here on the computer, which will be a little easier for me to do. Just bear with me for a moment as I do this. Uh, okay, so Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, Mars, okay, where is it? Mercury at 11 plus a Scorpio, Mars in his eighth house, death, transformation, metamorphosis. He's born with Mars at 11 plus of Aquarius. That's the exact moon position. In mundane or earth astrology, uh, at the time of President Kennedy's assassination, the moon was approaching Saturn. The ascendant was 19 plus of Aquarius, okay, at that particular time. That's exactly where the moon is right now. That's exactly my own ascendant is 19 plus of Aquarius. The ascendant of the assassination of President Kennedy, and this is part of the reason why this has never left me, is 19 plus of Aquarius. By the way, when the Wright brothers took off on their what was it, 12 seconds, 8 seconds, 20-second flight, Kill Devil Hill, December 17, 1903. The, the Ascendant, and I, I read this before I got even into astrology. There was, a, there was a book I had back in Queens, New York, that gave the exact time, even to the second, of when that happened. 
and 19 plus Aquarius was rising when that happened. By the way, the day after when it was reported that the Wright brothers had changed everything as far as aviation, there was an exact new moon conjunct Uranus to the minute of arc at the galactic center at 26 of Sagittarius. And by the way, that's the Mars position for Vladimir Putin. And that's where the center of our galaxy is. You can't make this up, folks. We've got 360 degrees of the zodiac and somehow or another between the discovery of planets, the people who are playing out these roles and the sort of chess, geopolitical chess game, all these people, the John F. Kennedy, Dwight Eisenhower, Richard Nixon, George Washington, Lincoln, uh, Putin, uh, Xi, we go around the whole planet, Stalin, Napoleon, Hitler, on and on. You go through the centuries, emperors, em empresses, kings and queens, rulers, and and the people like Gavrila Princip, a 19-year-old who assassinates the Archduke Franz Ferdinand on a Sunday morning, just like now, a Sunday morning, changes all of history uh, in uh where we all enter World War One a month later. And fortunately, unfortunately, as a student of history and astrology, I've worked with all of these. And that's why these charts and these cycles are often very complex to, to talk about. Nevertheless, one of the things I want to say about Lee Harvey Oswald, I have no doubt that he is a part of all this. Okay. I'm not 100% convinced that he's the lone person, however. Um, years after all of this, there was a, a series of documentaries that were on, I think it was national, uh, it was on public TV. There was a whole week of this. This is back in the, the late 80s or, no, it was the early 90s. And I remember it went on for a whole week about a badge man by the grassy knoll and all these other things. And the other night when they had on the History Channel, um, the, the show, I don't remember the episode, but it was, I'm sure you could get it or find it. This is on the seven different JFK conspiracies. They also brought up some of this about a person there. And this has always been talked about, you know, possibly three different shooters of, of whom one of which might have been Lee Harvey Oswald, second, sixth floor of the book depository. Of course, in the limited time we knew about him because he was assassinated 48 hours later by Jack Ruby. And again, there's all these possibilities of their connection or... Jack Ruby, the nightclub owner, uh, being sent to to actually kill him. Um, the, the main storyline is that supposedly Jack Ruby was heartbroken that President Kennedy was murdered and did it out of, you know, emotion. And of course, we have the whole issue of the Dallas police and how could they possibly have the horrible security or lack of security, which brings up the issue of Vesta, security, secret service. You know, why was the... the the bubble top down. Of course, it was a beautiful day in Dallas at that time, but there were all kinds of signals, you know, uh, that the area of Dallas and Texas, you know, there were posters wanted for treason with JFK's face on it and so on. And uh, the the question of lack lacks of security, I mean, has never been fully investigated with the Secret Service. Uh, and of course, these other issues of like, which is part of the reason we still don't have all the facts. And even Joe Biden, President Biden, had an opportunity. Supposedly, they released more information not so long ago on President Kennedy and, and his assassination, but they're still blacking out huge sections of things. 
And to me, the only thing I would say at this point is obviously the CIA, the FBI, um, the Secret Service, and all kinds of different organizations knew about Lee Harvey Oswald and his background and everything from going to Russia and going back and forth, marrying, you know, a Russian woman, going to Mexico City, all these other things. So there were things that definitely we know, okay? And then there's a whole pile of things. I'm going to mention some books here that are sitting at my feet, you know, before I end this part of, you know, the footnotes here. Okay, so, uh, boy, I could go on and on about all this. Uh, the point is, within the next two or three hours, Jupiter is exactly back in the Pythagorean Triangle at nine degrees and 49 minutes of arc. That's exactly where Jupiter was when John F. Kennedy was murdered. Okay, so in his birth chart, you see, we have a Mercury-Mars-Jupiter triple conjunction in Taurus for John F. Kennedy around the eighth house cusp. And, uh, excuse me, uh, Mercury- uh, Jupiter and Mars, and they're squaring his stationary Uranus in his fifth house at 23 plus degrees Aquarius. By the way, the stationary Uranus in John F. Kennedy's chart at 23 plus of Aquarius, not moving, incredibly powerful. And again, Uranus, when you read um, my, my America's Astrological Destiny, you'll get a lot more about how Uranus becomes involved in many of the assassination attempts on American presidents, because we've got Lincoln, we've got Garfield, and we have McKinley, okay, uh, before uh, John F. Kennedy. So I get into all of those charts and I get into all of that history. And particularly Abraham Lincoln's assassination is really crucial because it was the first assassination. And then later we get Garfield, McKinley, and, and President Kennedy, you see. So the thing is just because astrology represents the birth of key moments, um, it's not this point in time, although I do have the Abraham Lincoln assassination to within a few minutes um, at, at Ford's Theater by John Wilkes Booth and so on. Now, of course, after President Kennedy was assassinated, all these connections between Lincoln and Kennedy started coming up, these weird synchronicities. And I may mention that in, in a few minutes. I've got all these notes that I still have to share with all of you. So in the presidential assassination charter, um, there is an exact three, four, five triangle. I mentioned that in the article. You got Mercury at nine plus of Sagittarius. And I'm just going to actually spell this out as exactly as I can do it here. Okay. All right. Um, so that you know what we're talking about. Okay. So we know one of the things about all this. See, um, we didn't know the time of birth of Lee Harvey Oswald for a long time. So, but what we knew absolutely was the assassination time. Okay, uh, even though supposedly it's reported that the president died at Parkland Hospital, I mean, from the wounds that we see and that, you know, were photographed, we know that he was clinically deceased, okay? That he was never going to be brought back to life. And so the clock time of 1230 or 1229 and 30 seconds in Dallas, CST, November 22nd, 1963, there's not any, you know, I mean, we're not going to change that to 1245 or 1250 or one o'clock because Parkland Hospital says, you know, as of one o'clock, you know, the president of the United States has died. It's around, uh, it's a little after that point that Walter Cronkite is the person, you know, and he was very close to President Kennedy and 
Walter Cronkite, by the way, is part of this grand triangle that I talked about earlier. Um, I don't know if I finished that th thought, but um, we had a grand triangle, and I report about this in my astrological, uh, America's Astrological Destiny, which is like a book-length manuscript with a bunch of charts that I will put out to the public uh, in its kind of rough form in the next week or two. And so America always had um, this triangle of the sun at 13 plus a cancer. And March 4th was the date um, for Washington's second inauguration. He was actually inaugurated April 30th of, of 1789. Uh, but then the next time, because of the way the government was organized with the Constitution, all future presidents were inaugurated on March 4th, which is when the sun is in Pisces. So there's an exact trine between March 4th and July 4th. Well, what's the other date? November 4th, the approximate time every year we vote in our, you know, two and four year elections. Okay. The second Tuesday, the first Tuesday after the, uh, however it works, the first Tuesday after the first Monday um, in November. Okay. So uh, it turns out Walter Cronkite, who interviewed President Kenny Holott, was born November 4th of 1916. Okay, so one of the reasons why Walter Cronkite rose to prominence, was considered such a trusted figure, was he was part of the Grand Trine, the original Grand Trine of the Sun at these three points. March 4th for presidential inaugurations originally, the country's birthday July 4th, and when we vote. Um, in our major elections and for president every four years. And Walter Cronkite was born on November 4th, 1916. So again, when you start studying all this, like, okay, why was Walter Cronkite, who became my hero also as a reporter, and then he re he connected with President Kennedy a whole lot. Um, and then he's the one who had the emotional um, um, report for a few seconds, you know, that he was overtaken by the emotion of what he was realizing, the reports coming in. And by the way, Dan Rather was the local reporter in Dallas and then with CBS. And that's why he was eventually brought to New York and, and replaced Walter Cronkite years later. I think it was 1981 when Walter Cronkite turned 65. And unfortunately, CBS let him go I don't know if you say he fired him. They just sort of said in those days, well, you're 65, you're retired. And then Walter Cronkite went on to do some other major things with documentaries and Walt Disney Center and all these other things. Okay, so uh, in the chart of the assassination, when I got into this, of course, I was only 13. But when I got into astrology in 1972 and 73, I started getting into this because... I started getting into not only birth charts, but like the, the death of the president of the United States because it affected me so greatly. And so that started me on this mission to understand what is in a death chart. Not, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a terrible thing when somebody passes away, particularly somebody who is a major world figure, a father, a mother, a child, you know, a beloved, a pet. All these things that happen in our lives where someone passes away or someone we love um, passes away. So there's a chart of birth. And early on, as I got into astrology because of the JFK event and how it affected me when I was 13 plus years old and looking at this assassination chart, it was like I was trying to figure this out. Like, what does this mean? Because I was getting into astrology and we had an exact time 
for the president's demise. And so it's an exact time. Well, it turns out within all that, every planetary position is significant. I'm not going to get into all that now. It would take forever. But what I noticed was that, wait a minute, um, on that day itself was an exact what we call in conjunct 150 degrees, Ju Jupiter at 9, Aries 49, and Uranus setting. Uh, Uranus is in house number two at the assassination, and Uranus is setting not far from Pluto. They're both in Virgo, about four plus degrees apart, these two outer planets. Eventually, they're going to merge in the mid-60s um, at around... Uh, 16 and 17 of Virgo. But at this point, they still haven't come together in 1963. But Uranus is at 9 Virgo 49 minutes. Jupiter is at 9 Aries 49. Well, that's an exact in conjunct, which is an unusual aspect of 150 degrees. But wait a minute. Mercury, Hermes, the messenger of the gods, is at 9 Sagittarius 45. And because Mercury moves relatively fast, as all of this is unfolding, literally in the hour, two hours, three hours, Lee Harvey Oswald eventually kills Officer Tippett. He goes into a, a, a movie theater. He's captured. Then we, we hear about all that. He's interrogated for hours and so on. Um, in those first couple hours, Mercury exactly squares, um, uh, excuse me, yeah, exactly squares the Uranus position and trines the Jupiter position. Okay, now here's the other thing that's extraordinary in all this. So what I'm saying is right now, you see, because of the 11.86 year cycle, not 12 years, literally this morning, Jupiter is at nine Aries 49. It has like two minutes to go, not degrees, minutes. So this is what I saw in the last 24, 48 hours. I've got to do this. I've got to reread to all of you this heartbreaking, tragic, part of all of our lives it's affected all of us and if if you're you were a little kid then and if you didn't experience it like i did um if you weren't born yet the thing is is that you got to study this you know i'm going to give you some book titles here and some other things and it's not just chiron which is a big part of it it's all the planetary positions but literally there is this link the synchronicity jupiter and jupiter of the major planets was the only retrograde planet which is interesting also not that retrograde ne is necessarily bad like it was a short time after november 22nd it was like less than two weeks later jupiter slowed down and went direct in the evening before this remember i said chiron wasn't moving okay the wounded healer and chiron's in the first house in this chart at 10 plus a Pisces, which means that Chiron is squaring Mercury. Chiron is opposite Uranus, and that's what we call a T-square. So aside from what we call this Pythagorean triangle, 3, 4, 5 triangle of Jupiter, Uranus, and Mercury, remember Uranus is stationary in JFK's chart in his fifth house, squaring a triple conjunction of Mercury, Mars, and Jupiter, which are around the president's eighth house. And then we have Lee Harvey Oswald's connecting from his chart to JFK's chart and to the assassination chart with exact hits. So, by, by the way, another thing about the assassination chart is Vesta's at 8 plus of Sagittarius. Remember I said Vesta has to do with safety and security. Um, it connects up, uh, well, whether I said it or not, when Vesta was discovered, it was located 29 of Virgo. When President Lincoln was assassinated, Jupiter was at stationary 29 of Sagittarius. So um, remember, Abraham Lincoln is born um, in, in 1809, 
February 12, 1809. So Vesta's discovered just two years before he was born. And Vesta's discovery position, just like discovery position of any planet, um, Uranus discovered March 13, 1781, is discovered at 23, uh, Uranus is at 23, 24 degrees of Gemini. That becomes a very key place. For instance, the state of Israel has that Uranus position. The new moon before birth for the United States, before July 4th, 1776, the new moon that started that cycle is very close to the Uranus discovery degree. Uh, Kamala Harris, the first woman vice president and woman of color, her ascendant is, is that area of Uranus. So, uh, and again, in the U.S. birth chart, we've got Uranus and eight plus a Gemini. Mars is at 21 plus. They're both in Gemini in those areas. But often, for instance, the degree placement of Uranus at its discovery, 25 of Gemini comes up. Whenever you see 29 of Virgo, okay, that is Vesta's discovery position. And it was exactly squaring a stationary Jupiter when John Wilkes Booth shot Abraham Lincoln at Ford's Theater, okay, on April, the evening of April 14th. By the way, there's just so many things. The moon was rising uh, almost exactly when John Wilkes Booth did what he did in Sagittarius. And uh, the moon was rising in Aquarius when John F. Kennedy was murdered. Okay. Also, um, Abraham Lincoln died with the sun uh, in Aries, opposing Saturn retrograde in Libra. And Lee Harvey Oswald's birth chart has a sun in Libra opposing Saturn retrograde in Aries. It's a, in other words, in the assassin, the alleged assassin of John F. Kennedy, his son Saturn opposition, Lee Harvey Oswald, is the reverse Sun-Saturn opposition at the death of President Lincoln. I mean, there are things that are just bizarre, synchronistic, and you can't make them up because they're just extraordinary across the board. And I'm not giving you all of them. Anyway, back to Vesta. Vesta at A plus a Sagittarius was exactly squaring the United States, um, excuse me, exactly opposing the United States Uranus when President Kennedy was murdered. Vesta had also just crossed the United States ascendant. It, Mercury had just conjuncted, conjuncted that Vesta. Three days after the president was killed, then they, uh, all these world leaders in an incredible procession, which you could never do now because of the fear of assassination. But in, if you go back, you see Charles de Gaulle, you see Harold Macmillan, you see Haile Selassie of Ethiopia, you see um, the, the, the German... Uh, Prime Minister, so many world leaders are literally marching through the streets of Washington, D.C. And what Jackie Kennedy has done is somehow in that 48-hour time period, gone back to the time period of President Lincoln to create a similar kind of a thing of of the horseless carriage and then having um, her son do that salute, John Jr., if you go back in time. And they're all go, going to Arlington National Cemetery where they where she creates, and I've been there twice, you know, in, when I've gone to Washington, D.C., an eternal flame at President Kennedy's resting place, an eternal flame. And the concept of the eternal flame is Vesta, which is one of the four main asteroids and is tremendously involved in safety and security issues, among among other things, sisterhoods and brotherhoods and esoteric organizations. Eleanor Bach did so much about what Vesta represents, goes back to the old temple magic, the the idea of the flame principle, um, a lot of 
there's just so much about Vesta. And not all of it is, is good. Every single celestial body, including Jupiter, uh, Uranus, Mercury, Venus, you know, so many different planets have their shadow sides. And one of the other things that I wanted to say here, um, I wanted to write a whole book about this, but I don't think I'm ever going to do it, is when you go to the obituary page of the New York Times the day after President Kennedy was murdered, um, and I did do that when I looked at that newspaper, I was astounded by something that most people don't know. That is that the British authors, uh, Aldous Huxley, died in Los Angeles on the same day that President Kennedy was murdered, and C.S. Lewis died in England the same day. Now, we have a Pythagorean triangle of Mercury squaring Uranus and Mercury trying Jupiter and Jupiter 150 to Uranus, a 3-4-5 triangle, one of the most mysterious triangles. There are yods and T-square triangles. As I said, Chiron, when you put that in the picture, again, we didn't know about Chiron, okay? President was murdered in 1963. We don't learn about Chiron until 1977, which is about 14 years later. When we put Chiron into the assassination chart, now we've got a T-square triangle where Chiron is uh, within one degree of opposing Uranus, and then Mercury, as well as Vesta, are squaring the Chiron. You've got a T-square involving Mercury, Vesta, Chiron, and Uranus, and an exact Pythagorean triangle. And again, because Chiron literally went direct um, the night before the assassination. Now, when you look at an ephemeris, it'll look like Chiron's not moving for several days before and several days after. So to me, this is an exact station. But when you get into at least the information I have, the only major celestial body of the of the eight main planets and the four main asteroids and Chiron, the only planet that was actually still going retrograde was Jupiter. So to me, um, the fact that this morning is an exact return of Jupiter to nine Aries 49, as I'm telling this story. And that's the main impetus because I'm the person somehow or another who made this discovery back in 1995 that Jupiter's cycle isn't 12 years. I mean, that anybody could have figured out, 11.86 years. But then when I multiplied by seven, I found that instead of uh, Jupiter having, if you multiply 12, an approximate number of Jupiter's orbit, if, again, if you're using the approximate number, you multiply 7, you get 84. That would see, you know, if Jupiter has an exact 12-year cycle, then every 84 years, the, Jupiter would come back. But that's not the case. It's 11.86. And when you multiply that by 7, you get like 83.02. So that that's what started happening where I started seeing, if you look at an ephemerance every day, literally every day, every th 83 years apart, you're getting Jupiter coming back and retouching whatever date and time and events. It doesn't mean that history will repeat itself, but very often we do find major patterns historically connected. That's why I was concerned several years ago when I realized that the start of World War II in 1939, we'd have a reflection last year in 2022. Now, because it's 83 years since 1940, well, that's the second year of World War II. There were all kinds of things that happened. The Battle of Britain was happening in the spring of 1940 after a kind of uh, so-called phony war. Suddenly the Germans marched into um, the Netherlands, took over the ne Netherlands, brought, uh, Belgium, went into France, where you see Hitler going, you know, doing his jig by the Eiffel Tower. 
in in the spring of of 1940 and then we get um the battle of britain okay in the fall of 1940 now we might say well that's not going to happen now well guess what we see all these threats that are coming from the russians now if you don't back off even boris johnson the previous prime minister said that putin was threatening him to kill him okay now there are these are uh, stories that are coming out of russia that you know we're going to get the united kingdom okay we're going to focus you know and do stuff against the united kingdom so we get all these echoes okay historical echoes now of course what this also means that in 2024 an election year coming up for us in the United States. And we don't know whether it'll be Trump versus Biden or DeSantis versus Biden or DeSantis versus Kamala Harris or some other combination, whoever's going to be running or a third party and so on. We know there's going to be a total solar eclipse on April the 8th, 2024. And this is something I'll be reporting on in the next GPS astrology. That total solar eclipse coming up from Mexico, kind of through the southeast of the United States, going into the northeast and winding up uh, near Montreal and in Newfoundland, that total solar eclipse at 19 plus of Aries is exactly conjunct Chiron. And Chiron is coming back to the U.S. chart Chiron, which is at 20 of Aries. One of the major positions of the U.S. chart is Chiron at 20 of Aries, opposing our, our Juno at 20 of Libra. It's pretty much the, exact, the, the closest exact alignment when America was born. The other close alignment is Ceres not moving, and, and the only stationary body in the U.S. chart is of the major planets is Ceres at 8 plus of Pisces, and our good old Uranus at 8 plus of Gemini. They're very closely square. Again, that's where Mars just stopped on January 12th, and for the whole month of January, Mars was sitting at 8 plus of Gemini in the United States Uranus, simultaneously was squaring our Ceres. By the way, President Kennedy was born with a moon series conjunction in Virgo. So that's another big thing. He was born right after the moon conjuncted series. And let's not forget, it was he's the one in um to who shared in Congress we want to land a human being on the moon and return that person safely. And what's extraordinary about all that that I never realized until this morning was that um on July 20th, okay, of 1963, was the total solar eclipse on JFK Saturn at the top of his chart. And I reported a little bit about that in the story I wrote uh, I wrote in March and, and April of 2023. Meanwhile, the psychic and astrologer Dean Dix, Gene Dixon, this is another part of this whole thing, uh, who was doing a lot of these, like Sidney Omar and these other people, who were the other, Carol Ryder and Gene Dixon. These were some of the original, you know, newspaper columnists of, of uh, sun signs, okay, uh, for what that's worth. And I understand all of that. In fact, for 17 years, I created sun sign calendars for a company, Workman Publishing. They were what I call ripoff calendars that you can buy at a store. And I think they're still being produced. Somebody else started doing them after I did it for 17 years. But I didn't want to do it. It was just something that helped me to pay for Welcome to Planet Earth. And it was an opportunity was given to me back in 1984 to be able to do that. Actually, excuse me, it was, yeah, 1984, 1985. And I did it through the year 2000. It helped to pay for Welcome to Planet Earth to do 17 years of sun sign calendars. But I, I did it because uh, the financial um, amount was helping enormously. It wasn't 
it was an extraordinary amount of money, but it was enough to fund a good portion of Welcome to Planet Earth and keep things going for a long period of time to publish and, you know, print the magazines and get all the authors together and so on. So somehow the universe gave that to me. And I only did it not because I'm a believer in sun sign astrology, because as you know, I work with sun, moon, eight planets, four main asteroids, Chiron, midpoints, full moons, new moons, doing the cosmic calendar and progressions and transits and everything else that I do. But I asked the people at work when I said, can I create this my own way? You know, they said, whatever you want to do, because they were desperate for somebody. I guess somebody had dropped out. And when they found me, they loved what I was doing for 17 years. After a while, I knew it needed to end and I was burned out doing it. And the editor in chief there died of a stroke, unfortunately, in the year 2000. Again, this was the same period of time that I wrote this article, March, uh, April of 2000. That's when my contract ran out with New York City Publishers and doing those sun sign calendars. Also, my dad got very ill and he was in Florida and he uh, then lost his life, bless us all, two years later. So I made all these different changes right at the time that this whole article had been, uh, that we used it as a cover story. So I want to end here pretty soon. Um, I think we're at, uh, let me just see where we're at here with timing, just so I understand. Oh, okay, an hour and 44 minutes. I sort of wanted this to be <laughs> two hours or less, not to get too far into, um, uh, and sometimes I've done three hours. So let me give you a bunch of other things where we're going to go in the future. These are like bullet points. I hate to even use the phrase here, but footnotes, whatever you want to say, and they're not in any uh, exact order. Okay, um, and then this will set the stage for whenever we do uh, part two and part three, because there are so many different charts. Okay, so let's see where I want to go here. I've covered the 11.86 year Jupiter exact cycle, and literally right now, Jupiter is coming back with one of these 11.86 year cycles, and exactly at 9 Aries 49 um, as I'm completing this. And that's why I just did what I did and why I'm sharing all this. And just so you know, from a personal standpoint, I'm born with Jupiter rising. Okay. A number of my friends. When I got into astrology, when I was 22, 23, back in New York, and I started doing charts for my friends, a lot of them were born in the summer of 1950, and I was born in March. Well, I happen to be born when Jupiter is rising, okay? The full moon before my birth, back in New York, Jupiter was rising, and the chart for the five boroughs of New York, New York has you know, a lot of city charts we know, like we can look up charts for Los Angeles and Chicago and San Francisco. In some cases, it's a little confusing. Is it the chart for when the city was founded? Uh, even here in Oregon, there's a there's one chart. Uh, Mark Penfield does a lot of rec rectification. He did a great book called Horoscopes of the Western Hemisphere. And he he's the one who has provided a lot of the state charts. And by the way, we're all, wherever state in the Union in the United States, there's a state chart for when the state entered the Union. And that state chart may help you or may not help you. Some of you are living in states that are detrimental for your health and well-being and your creativity and your finances and so on. And other people are living in states that are helpful. And this brings in the whole thing of astrocartography and where you're living. By the way, one of the, um, we have these reports I indicated before, 30% off for President's Day into next week. Those are individual reports, okay? 
Um, we have Skylog, Sky Within, um, Heaven Knows What, Friends and Lovers, The Birthday Report, um, the list goes on, Timeline, and so on. Um, these are fantastic reports. They're um, computerized based on your exact birth data, month, day, and year, time of birth, except for the numerology report. We have one numerology report that only requires month, day, and year, and your full name at birth. But everything else, we need to have um, as a time of birth as exact as possible, city and state, month, day, and year. So we've got all these reports that are available. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that this is one way to really get into your chart and your cycles, particularly um, the best written report, I believe, is Skylog on your transits and progressions. Timeline also does transits and progressions as well. And you can see samples of all these reports in the astrology report area of our astrology shop. This is all back at greatparententerprise.com. So a little bit of advertising there just because a lot of you may want to get into your charts after some of the things I'm saying. The only the only report that actually has the four main asteroids in Chiron is called Four Asteroids in Chiron. Reports like Skylog, Sky The Sky Within, Timeline, um, Heaven Knows What, Friends and Lovers, Simpaticos, Just for Women, you know, all of the reports do not have the asteroids in Chiron because it's just too complicated to do so many different planets. But there is one report for asteroids in Chiron, and there is a 30% discount uh, for this President's Day time period, and we'll probably continue this for at least the, the first week of February and when you're listening to this podcast into the beginning of March. Uh, plus, we have this other thing, three-in-one reports for $89 that are normally $150. They're called Get Into Your Progressions, Energize Your Life, and Asteroids and Astrology. If you haven't ordered those reports, it's a considerable savings, and these reports are sent by email attachment within 48 hours. So you, you can pay by credit card, major credit card, PayPal, and so on. Those are in the astrology reports area of the astrology shop at Great Bear Enterprises. Okay, so back to the notes here. Um, Chiron, again, stationary direct, exactly the night before the assassination. But when you look in an ephemeris, for several days in a row, Chiron is not moving. Okay, so Chiron is so connected to all this. Again, remember the keynotes of Chiron, keys that open doors to higher consciousness, shamans, mentors, healing, but particularly the wounded healer. Remember about the archetype of Chiron and being uh, shot by an arrow that had poison in it, but he was an immortal and he was exchanged for Prometheus whose liver was being devoured by a griffin or eagle and Zeus, Jupiter, was involved with this whole mythology, which is fascinating that we lose the president of the United States at a Chiron station who's murdered so horribly. And as I said, the wound that never heals, because again, if you don't, if you keep everything a secret for decades like this, the wound festers. And I believe as I wrote that we were suddenly, it was like a lightning bolt, which is a kind of Uranian Jupiterian theme, Jupiter in mythology, Jupiter Zeus ruled the thunderbolt, Uranus rules the lightning bolt, and so on. And Jupiter and Uranus are part of the Pythagorean triangle. And Chiron is opposite Uranus with Mercury at the fulcrum of the T-square triangle. These cosmic triangles that are exact, and there's so much more that I, I can't get into at the moment, but um, well, actually I'm going to throw one more little tidbit at you just to sort of whet your appetite for where we're going. The no I shared this once before. When, when President Kennedy 
when when Franklin Roosevelt died of a cerebral hemorrhage, which was April 12 of 1945, the whole country was shocked. He had already been president for four terms. That had never happened. Guiding America, of course, he had a lot of detractors from the Republican side and business side, but he was president during the Great Depression and his rise to power coincided with Hitler. Both of them came into power in uh, early 1933, okay? And they both had 12-year cycles. In fact, when, when Franklin Roosevelt died on April 12, 1945, Hitler was in his bunker in Berlin. Germany was falling apart. The Russians were about to, uh, they were already sort of on the outskirts of Berlin. And Hitler, according to, you know, the reports was like, wow, okay, this is the, you know, somehow our fortune is going to turn around. And of course, he wound up killing himself in the bunker, even though people want to believe he escaped to Argentina or whatever they want to believe, you know, um, that's where he died on April 30th of 1945. And then the war was over in Europe uh, with May 7th of of 1945 VE Day, and then uh, with the dropping of the atomic bombs on Hiroshima uh, in in April, uh, and and then excuse me in August, August 6th, then August 9th on Nagasaki, and then finally the war ended. I think it was September 2nd on the U.S. Missouri when uh, the Japanese signed uh, in the Pacific there to end that war. So uh, and again the the shift from Franklin Roosevelt to Harry Truman, who knew nothing about the Manhattan Project and so many other things. We could get into this another time because Harry Truman wound up, you know, uh, winning another election that most people thought he was going to lose to Thomas Dewey um, a couple of years later. Um, and that was a uh, pretty unusual event as well. But nevertheless, when Franklin Roosevelt died, John F. Kennedy, who was recovering, you know, from uh, his PT, you know, uh, heroism in the Pacific wrote about how everyone sort of stopped what they were doing because Franklin Roosevelt has been president for so long. He'd also been ran for vice president in 1920. Then he came down with polio, which they tried to keep from the public when he was like 39. And he had also been a assi assistant um, uh, secretary of the Navy in the Wilson administration. Franklin Roosevelt. So he had a long history there. And his hero was Teddy Roosevelt, who was a dis distant cousin. But at any rate, um, there's an exact uh, lunar nodal cycle using the mean nodes from when Franklin Roosevelt died, and President Kennedy was very tuned into that event, uh, recovering, you know, from, from his wounds um, in the Pacific. And then exactly the nodal cycle, which is 18 and a half later, is uh, 18 and a half years later, is when President Kennedy is murdered. It's an exact lunar nodal cycle. And the moon's nodes, the horseshoe figures, the so-called dragon's head and tail. So you, when you look at the uh, the chart that we have here, you'll see 13 plus Cancer is the north node. Uh, and it's conjunct Orcus, you see, in the chart, um, which I didn't know anything about because Orcus is a, a planet beyond Pluto. And Orcus is also another Pluto figure, okay, in its mythology. So lo and behold, again, putting in some of these planets like Chiron at 10 plus of Pisces, another planet is Eris at the time of the uh, assassination of President Kennedy, 10 Aries 03. That's only 14 minutes of arc from the Jupiter position. So the 345 triangle that has Mercury, Vesta, 
Uranus and Jupiter, we add on Eris, which has a 565-year cycle and considered the sister of Mars. And she mythologically is, so to speak, the cause of the Trojan War. So you start looking at the chart here and adding some of these other planets uh, and looking at the nodes of the exact nodal connection. I just wanted you to be aware that from uh, President Roosevelt dying or cerebral hemorrhage, which JFK was very much aware of and everybody in April of 1945, because, you know, Roosevelt had been president so long that it was like four terms in office. And he was still a, a fairly young man. He was only um, 63 years old, even though the the, the Great Depression and the Warriors had made him look a whole lot older. Okay, so back to uh, these points here so that we don't go too much over two hours. Um, what, what else do I want to say? I said earlier, this is February 19, 2023, and February 19th of 1961, almost a month after JFK's inaugural, was the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in 25 of Capricorn. So this is literally that same day. Also, Yesterday was the 93rd anniversary, February 18, of the discovery of Pluto on photographic plates by Comet Clyde Tombaugh, who's 24 years old. Talk about uh, Lee Harvey Oswald as the alleged assassin. The, the Marine had gone to Russia. There's all this confusion about what he did. Was he connected to, was he a double agent? You know, why was he going to Mexico City? Was was he a patsy? Was he not a patsy? You know, and I've studied a whole lot of other things. I'll report back another time about about my understanding of Lee Harvey Oswald with all of this and also how he connects up to some of the other assassins, which I do report in, in this uh, book-length manuscript about America's Destiny that we'll be publishing as well. Okay, so President Carter is ill. Um, I just watched some of the Washington and Grant stories on the History Channel. I've seen some of those before they are running. Okay, uh, I already mentioned that it wasn't just the, the Pythagorean Triangle, which is so extraordinary. I, I realized not so oh, many years ago that Aldous Huxley died in Los Angeles and C.S. Lewis died in England on the same day as President Kennedy. But we didn't know about it in America because all we were focusing on was President Kennedy. And these two literary lights died and passed away. So this was this Pythagorean Triangle at the Kennedy assassination and the power of all these planetary positions are linked also to the passing of these two extraordinary literary figures. Um, Stephen King, I have a book, um, it's one of these 600-page books, created an alternative possibility. It's an extraordinary book if you can find it hardcover. On the cover, well, I don't want to spoil it, is is President Kennedy assassinated. But he creates this, this fictional story of like where, where the plot was uncovered and on the back cover is President Saved and so on. I won't go any further on that, but it's like an enormous book. So even the famous Stephen King um, has come in with an extraordinary book. Um, it's pretty much called, I've got it sitting here, November 22nd, 1963. So um, that's something if you want to get into all that. Um my classes, the 36 uh, classes in the School of Planetary Studies, which are discounted, they used to be $700 plus on cassette tape. I started in 1986, 36 one-hour classes and lesson notes and charts. Okay, so why am I mentioning those? The, the two main people are 
um, that I start with are John F. Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe. Okay. And I just did in Astrology in Five from my Mysteries of Venus, the book that's now um, it's out of print, but I've been doing these podcasts for five or so minutes a piece, and there's 48 of them. They're all part of uh, the Cosmic Calendar app again. Uh, one of the components there is Astrology in Five. And I just did the John F. Kennedy eight-minute one. The previous one was seven or eight minutes on Marilyn Monroe. But um, part of the reason this is all a big deal in my life is the connection um, to using John F. Kennedy's chart and Marilyn Monroe's chart in the beginning classes of the Zodiac and the planets and the houses and the first 12 um, hours of my classes. And they're on discount in MP3 files. And if you go to Great Bear Enterprises, you'll see School of Planetary Studies. And you can go at your own pace, go as fast or as slow as you want. And they used to be over $700 and we've reduced them to $299 for all 36 one-hour classes. And one other little point of all this, you know, there's that thing about six degrees from Kevin Bacon, the actor. Well, this is kind of another weird synchronicity in my life. Okay. I, I have a connection to Marilyn Monroe. How do I have this connection? Susan Strasberg, the a famous actress, uh, sadly, she passed uh, many years ago. I think she passed from cancer. Um, and she's the, the daughter of the famous um, uh, Lee Strasberg from the Actors Studio in New York who trained people like De Niro and so many other people. Well, his daughter, Susan Strasberg, was an actress. And she came to me um, years ago, many years ago, and I did her chart. Well, one of the things that happened, I think I'm allowed to say this, is she said to me that she roomed with Marilyn Monroe. They were rooming together as actresses growing up, wherever it was, Los Angeles and so on. So while I, Marilyn Monroe became part of my classes um, and her connection supposedly with John F. Kennedy and Robert Kennedy, if there were any liaisons, they're part of my classes. So, but because I did the chart of Susan Strasberg, um, who who told me on the phone when I was doing readings for her, uh, she just confided me, I roomed with Marilyn Monroe, and she started talking about their connection and Marilyn and, and you know what she knew about her and so on. Well, here's the other thing. As many of you know, uh, Mickey Mantle is my baseball hero from growing up in New York. I did a podcast about 1963 and 64, which does connect up to all of this. So you want to listen to that sports podcast about the the World Series of those two years of 1963-64. It's a, it's a special podcast. So Mickey Mantle was my hero. Well, who did he replace? Joe DiMaggio in center field for the New York Yankees. And who did Joe DiMaggio get married to? Marilyn Monroe. So th both through Mickey Mantle as my hero growing up and uh, his connection with Joe DiMaggio and Joe DiMaggio marrying Marilyn Monroe, there's this double connection that I have to those people. And again, somehow or another, writing about them, doing their charts and being focused on all of that. Okay, so I don't want to, I'm not going to get into my childhood any more than I've already gotten into. I can talk more about that another time. But I, I do want to say that when I'm born, and I think I might have mentioned this briefly when I was doing the article, I'm born when Chiron, first of all, I'm born in New York, and I'm in my astrological relocation, I have Chiron rising out here. So it's not shocking that I would be the person who 
created this hypothesis like what's going on with Chiron, with President Kennedy, without knowing where it was, that it must be powerful, perhaps stationary, and then finding it was exactly stationary. And so many of the Chiron themes are, are extraordinary. By the way, I have the chart up for the assassination. There is a planet or an asteroid discovered, I think it was 1992, named Shariklo. And Shariklo in mythology was the companion to Chiron. And Shariklo is exactly rising in the chart for the assassination. Well, what does she represent? Well, re Jackie Kennedy. Okay, remember her pink outfit, the brains of the president on her, what she did during those couple of days, okay, in order to recreate from the Lincoln assassination, how she took care of the kids, the, the, the tragedy that she had to go through. So we have Chiron and Shariklo in the first house. And we didn't know about either one of them. You see, when, when I first did the chart, I could see the moon approaching Saturn. They're both in the 12th house, all these other positions. Now we see outer planets like Orcus exactly on the north node in this chart. There are many others we'll, we'll, we'll get into. Uh, as I'm, I'm saying, I'm bringing in Eris, um, the sister of Mars, which is a 565-year orbit, who was the main catalyst of the Trojan War. I mean, think about like why... Why was President Kennedy assassinated? Whether, you know, Lyndon Johnson was aware of some of these things or not, we know there were all these different bills and things in secret that were created. And by the summer of 1964 with the Gulf of Tonkin um, resolution and the question marks about what actually happened there, suddenly we're sending hundreds of thousands of troops to fight in the Vietnam War. And we know pretty much that due to the Bay of Pigs uh, failed invasion and the Cuban Missile Crisis, while Robert Kennedy and, and John Kennedy were anxious for Castro to no longer be in power in because of communism and the connections with Khrushchev and the Soviets and so on, uh, on that island only 90 miles from, from you know, Florida and the United States and other possibilities of, of weaponry being brought in there and other problems, uh, we have this situation where these these planets are really extraordinary. So to have Shariklo exactly on the Ascendant, um, I think she uh, represents in particular uh, Jackie Kennedy and Chiron not moving in the first house, um, the wounded healer of the president and so on. So you can read about Shariklo, C-H-A-R-I-K-L-O, and you can get a lot of information. She is considered the companion, the female companion to Chiron. So to see that she's exactly rising, and it's part of the reason, again, like I told you, my ascendant happens to be also 19 plus Aquarius. So it's why I've been obsessed, consumed, wanting to sort of study this, bring it to your attention, putting it on the cover of Welcome Planet Earth, connecting John F. Kennedy to the nuclear axis, the Cuban Missile Crisis. I've shared before, you know, and don't want to get into this again, but I connected with Robert Kennedy. He was campaigning in 1964, um, in the summer of 64, to be senator from New York. He was running against uh, the Republican Kenneth Keating on, in Long Beach, where my grandmother was in that summer. Suddenly, Robert Kennedy was coming through um, in order to get votes in New York, even though he lived in Virginia. He was of the three Kennedys that I knew. I mean, John F. Kennedy, Ted Kennedy. I didn't like Robert Kennedy very much, but he was campaigning and in this whole 
midst of, it was exactly the pictures you see of Robert Kennedy when just before he was murdered, um, you know, with his sort of shirt sleeves rolled up and um, campaigning against Eugene McCarthy in the springtime of 1968. We'll talk about that another time. And he shook my hand. I mean, the thing was, it was a whole crowd, but I'll never forget that firm grip that hat for a split second. And then he was on the back of like a truck or a van and all these people were crowding around him, you know, wanting to touch him and, you know, like, wow, Robert Kennedy's here, you know, like the brother's president and so on. He's running for Senator. And I was just a kid. I mean, I was just 14 years old and I was already devastated by the assassination, which was, um, November before. So this was, this was in, in 1964, a few months later. And then it was in the fall of 64 that I got to see my hero, Mickey Mantle, hit a home run at the bottom of the ninth inning of the third game of the World Series in St. Louis because three guys from Dallas didn't have their fourth guy show up. I mean, the synchronicities are enormous, you know, which is why I feel that the 1963-64 period is so significant. Not only the Gulf of Tonkin and um, beginning of civil rights as what I think, even though there were some good things about that, was a kind of cover for getting involved with the Vietnam War, which was so horrific, which eventually led to Lyndon Johnson not running again, and Eugene McCarthy, who I was supporting in 1968, and then the death of Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy, the return of Richard Nixon, and then Watergate. I mean, we have all of these things that seem like a chess game, a geopolitical game being played out or through by mysterious powers of planets and alignments from the cosmos. And that's what the astrology tells us about all these different things. Uh, another thing is my first public sharing about anything was at what's called the National Council for Geocosmic Research. And Neil Mickelson, who then created the 100-year ephemerides that we use now, the American ephemeris for the 20th century, 21st century. In those days, in 1974, I get, I think it was 1974, I was getting into this work of President Kennedy and the assassination chart. And my first public lecture in New York City was at a small gathering of the National Council of Geocosmic Research. Neil Mickelson had come from IBM. He was transforming the field of astrology through all of this computer dynamics and so on, ephemerides, and he was there hosting, and I gave a kind of lecture with posters and so on. What it was about was President Kennedy's assassination from a spiritual angle, because in the esoteric work I've studied from Lucis Trust and Alice Bailey and the Tibetan Master DK, we have this whole philosophy and idea of a rainbow bridge, which is also the idea of Chiron itself rainbow bridges between heaven and earth from soul to personality and from planet to planet and this is this whole idea of a rainbow bridge is a chiron principle but at the same time the wounds of the president which were so at this point for me i mean when i was 13 which was 1963 now it's let's see what I'm 24 years old. It's 1974 when I give my first lecture, and I'm only into astrology for a year or two. But I've been studying President Kennedy's birth chart and the assassination chart. And I share with people that the wounds that the president had, at least what we thought they had, the head wound, the, the throat wound, the back wound, were all connected to these different chakras, okay? The head chakra that we learn about in esoterics of, you know, when we study about... Uh, the seven chakras, the Ajna center, um, the third eye, the throat chakra. When you see the pictures, uh, the horrible pictures of the president getting shot first and he's clutching his throat 
so we have this whole idea of communication. The president was an extraordinary communicator. At the same time, he was just a powerful thinker. He's a writer, profiles of courage, why England slept. His quips, his ability to communicate to everybody, um, you know, it just seemed very extraordinary. And so what I saw was there was a kind of almost like a ritualized killing here through this horrible mechanism of these planets, Uranus, Mercury, Jupiter, the president's natal chart having um, so many planets in the eighth house, the stationary Uranus, squaring those and so many other things in his natal chart, how Oswald was connected from, from the chart I knew at that point, even though we didn't know his exact time, and then seeing the assassination chart. So at any rate, 1974, I don't know the date, but that's when I did my first public sharing it was about uh, President Kennedy and his wounds. So at that point, it was 1974, Chiron wasn't discovered, you see, and these outer planets didn't exist either. Um, we'll get into um, Air Force One landing at Love Field, the fact that President, for, uh, former Vice President Nixon, for some odd reason, was leaving Dallas from Love Field that morning. I mean, Sounds a bit suspicious, but maybe it was just a synchronicity. Um, the JFK inaugural chart, we're going to take a look at that. There are a lot of major planetary positions. And as I said earlier, literally Chiron was moving uh, to zero uh, a zero position from Aquarius, 30 Aquarius to zero Pisces, okay, at that point. Um, and there's so many other things in that particular chart. We'll also be taking a look at the Dallas relocation for President Kennedy. Okay, um, what else do I want to say here? Want to, I have actually several more pages of notes, but I think I've already shared a lot of these things. So let me take a look here. On page two of my notes, um, yeah, the Gene Dixon, oh, Gene Dixon saw, had a vision of the flag at half-mast over the White House during the summer of 1963. Um, again, she was a famous psychic and was doing these sun sunshine columns and newspapers. She had also written in Parade Magazine in the mid-50s, and this is documented, that she saw coming into power, this is before um, JFK was, was getting a whole lot of attention, that she saw that a Democrat, a youthful Democrat, would become elected in 1960, I believe, is part of the story she told. Um, she was in a very unusual figure, and I studied quite a bit about her, but she tried to call the White House, according to her story, that she had a vision of the flag at half-mast over the White House in the summer of 63. She was very concerned that something detrimental from that imagery would happen to the President of the United States. And what we know, whether she knew this or not, was that there was a total solar eclipse on July 20th of 1963, and that it hit President Kennedy's Saturn exactly. By the way, what I didn't share... Uh, a little while ago was on July 20th of 1969 is when Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. Okay. And I sort of hadn't connected those two dates. So six years to the day from the total solar eclipse that hit President Kennedy's Saturn in his 10th house. Remember that President Kennedy's Saturn was opposing the United States Pluto at 27 plus Capricorn. And we we're just having that come back for the first time ever. Part of the reason I'm also sharing the story. So nothing happened. She she called the White House, you know, I, the switchboard, whatever it was. And when the when the terrifying events happened, November 26, 22nd, 1963, then she realized why she was, you know, why those warnings were coming to her. So she was a very psychic woman. There's a some really interesting stuff that was written between, I think it was Ruth Montgomery 
was the author about Gene Dixon and some other things like that. We'll get into the nuclear axis as well. As I've shared, um, this was the other main thing that I that I discovered that there is a nuclear axis between around seven and fourteen degrees of Gemini and Sagittarius. The the giant red uh, super red stars, red giant stars, Aldebaran, which is in the constellation of Taurus, the right eye of Taurus, that's moved on zodiacally from the constellation of Taurus into ten of Gemini. And the heart star, the red giant star in the Anter in the uh, constellation of Scorpio is called Antares, meaning rival of Mars, and that's a ten of Sagittarius. So what we have, what I discovered was that we have the Neptune-Pluto conjunctions at eight, uh, eight and seven of Gemini, which have 492-year cycles. That um, the nuclear chain reaction on December 2nd, 1942, that starts the nuclear age, has the Sun at 10 of Sagittarius conjunct Saturn, and Uranus is, is opposite that in the first house, and so many other things. So that the nuclear chain reaction in Chicago is the birthing of the nuclear age, but behind all that, or beyond all that, are these two red giant stars that are tugging on one another uh, in the heavens. And then President Kennedy's son at eight of Gemini becomes connected to all of this. And there are many other connections in the nuclear uh, chart. Uh, Mars at 21 of Scorpio, by the way, is, is also connected now to Joe Biden's chart. And he's born 12 days before that on November 20th of 1942. And now we're having all these nuclear threats from Putin and so on happening. Um, Robert Kennedy, born November 20th, 1925, is born 17 years to the day before Joe Biden. Um, the, the only Catholic president we, we ever had before Joe Biden was John F. Kennedy. Al Smith, who was Catholic, uh, was the governor of New York. He's the one who lost very badly um, to um, Herbert Hoover in 1928. And then four years later, we get the governor Franklin Roosevelt in New York, you know, beating uh, Hoover very badly to become president for four terms. Um, and the election of 1960 chart, November 8th, as I said earlier, Chiron is stationary at that point. Um, so we also have when, when the tight election, I remember being 10 years old, staying overnight at um, my good friend Stephen Drellick's house in Forest Hills, and we, we went to sleep. We didn't know what was going to happen. The We were both Kennedy fans, you know, at age 10, and we woke up that he had just eked out that election. What I didn't know is that Chiron wasn't moving at that election, okay? And that was the day that the moon was in Cancer, going over the United States sun, activating the United States Mercury, and also conjuncting with Mars retrograde on that day, and Mars retrograde on the day of that election uh, against Nixon was on the Pluto discovery position, exactly. So again, one thing after another, incredibly powerful. Okay, um, we'll get into Robert Kennedy also, um, and his connection to Joe Biden, his connection um, at the Cuban Missile Crisis, and so many other things on that score. So a couple more minutes, and I think we'll be, we'll be finishing up. Hopefully it's less than two hours and 15 minutes. Let's see where we're at. Oh, two hour and 18 minutes. So let's close it up in the next two or three minutes here. Um, okay, so something I touched on that I was sort of didn't, wasn't completely clear about. Ceres, again, President Kennedy was born with the moon Ceres conjunction within five degrees in Virgo. Ceres is the only planet, main planet in the U.S. chart that isn't moving at eight plus of Pisces. Ceres has a lot to do with the Earth Mother, 
gardening, nature, agriculture, mother-daughter connections, parent-child connections, shadow side, starvation, all kinds of climate problems that we are, of course, uh, experiencing. So John F. Kennedy was born with a very strong moon series conjunction. Okay, again, in terms of his own mother was a big influence in his life, Rose Kennedy. Then the whole issue with Jackie Kennedy um, having problems uh, with one child that died, I think it was in 1963. Sadly, they lost a child. Um, but again, being the parents of Carolyn and, and John Jr. and everything with them. Now, in 1977, the year that Chiron was discovered, it turns out Eleanor Bach, um, in her amazing work, realized that Ceres has a 23-year major cycle. So in 1977, in the springtime, Ceres made a station in Libra and then went retrograde. And then in the year 2000, 23 years later, which is when I did this story, Ceres did the same station in Libra and then went retrograde in Virgo. And it's doing it now as I'm doing this 23 years later. So we've got these, uh, it's 46 years. Um, it's 46 years this fall since Chiron was discovered, but because Ceres has a 23-year cycle, half of 46, the years 1977, 2000, and 2023 are all connected because Ceres doing the same thing right now that it did in the spring of 2000 when I wrote the story, and in 1977 in the spring, the year that Chiron was discovered. And by the way, in the spring of 1977, when Ceres made these changes from Libra into Virgo, uh, and right now Ceres is the only planet that's retrograde, okay? Uh, the other planets are all moving direct. That was uh, on March, uh, May 25th that Star Wars came out in 1977, and then Close Encounters in the fall. This is when I was also in Scotland at Findhorn, and um, after going there in the fall of 1976, and that was the fall of uh, when, when Chiron was discovered on November 1 on photographic plates. Um, okay, um, we're going to look at some other things like the new moon before birth, um, of the assassination, which was a 23 plus a Scorpio, making an exact square to the Arana station position in John F. Kennedy's chart, which is also the sun position of Abraham Lincoln. Um, also, Jim Lewis created a relocated chart, slightly different than the chart I use, which is 3 p.m. is the standard chart for John F. Kennedy. He, uh, he changed that to 317 in this book, and I'll get into it, on um, astrocartography charts of famous people. And I'm going to probably read from that just to give you a nuance of that, because by adding 17 minutes, Jim Lewis, who was one of the key persons uh, creating astrolocality uh, way back in the 1970s, um, the way he would do things is like, okay, well, Pluto is near the top of the chart for JFK if you relocate him to Dallas based on three o'clock, but if you add 17 minutes, Pluto is exactly at the Midhaven precisely. I don't 100% agree with him for a reason, and I have my own relocated chart that I'm using that connects up to Vesta and some other things, particularly another this other planet, Chaos. So I don't necessarily think that, um, even though what he writes about is pretty extraordinary about adding 17 minutes to the John F. Kennedy chart. And again, the John F. Kennedy birth time, 3 p.m., sounds a little suspicious. You know, was it really 3 p.m. that, which of the reports that John F. Kennedy was born? It, and it very well may be that it's 317. But what I don't like to do sometimes with astrology is do things like, oh, let's just, 
let's just make Pluto exactly be at the midhaven of that chart, you know, because Pluto rules this, that, and the other thing. And therefore, it would have to be exactly 100% right at the midhaven. And therefore, let's change um, John F. Kennedy's birth time to be 317, which means that in a way that like there was no way out of this thing at all, that this was like going to absolutely happen. But we know that um, Lee Harvey Oswald um, was potentially the person and that there was a conspiracy, at least, of other places. One was in, um, this was on the show that I just watched on the History Channel, um, pretty much documented that whatever Lee Harvey Oswald was connected to, whether it was to something with the CIA, the FBI, um, the Russians, the mafia, whatever it is, Jack Ruby, there was a plot that was potentially going to happen in Florida, in Miami, and then that was changed. Then there was another one in Chicago. It was very interesting to see this show. And when both of those weren't working, then the whole situation happened in Dallas. It turns out that maybe Jim Lewis is right. Maybe the president of the United States was born in 317. But um, I'll give my own interpretation about that. So um, there's a lot of references. And I have, I'll do this next time. I have a whole pile of books here on Chiron and on President Kennedy and the assassination. And there are dozens if not hundreds of other ones that I don't have. One other little thing that's very interesting, I just did the progress chart for John F. Kennedy, his birth chart progressed to now. And what's interesting is in his progress chart um, is connecting up to September 12 of uh, of his birth year, okay, of, of 1917. And that's when he got married in 1953. So progressions often show us some extraordinary kinds of things. So with with his progress chart going from, uh, in other words, his birth on May 29th, if we if we go forward, what is it, a hundred? We're a hundred and five to hundred six days after President Kennedy in progressed analysis from 1917. If we had a hundred and five, hundred and six days, is the way you work with secondary progressions, where each day after birth is equal to a year of living. We, we move forward at this time to September 12 of 1917, okay? I and I did this just a few hours ago, and I'm looking at President Kennedy's progressions for now, and I had, had not been doing that. I'm not following his progress chart year by year. And I see September 12, 1917, and I realize, wait a minute, he got married on September 12 of 1953 in Rhode Island. And when that happened, that was considered then because of his stature and him being um, a representative and a senator to be and who Jackie Onassis, uh, Jackie Kennedy was. And their marriage was like they were calling it the marriage of the year, at least from a political standpoint. So, again, we see right now this is not arbitrary that I'm doing this. It, well, the reason I'm doing this is this is an important person in our history the truth of what happened to him is being kept from the American public, if not the world. We still have to have all these weird conspiracy thoughts and not know how was the CIA involved, J. Edgar Hoover. And by the way, a lot of the charts that I have never done, maybe we'll do at some point. I've looked at Jack Ruby's birth information here and there, but I've never really studied it exactly because we didn't have an exact time for him. What about the chart of J. Edgar Hoover? You know, he and Robert Kennedy were certainly at odds as he was also with, with President Kennedy. Um, 
the you know Jim Jim uh, Garrison, the district attorney in New Orleans, you know, and then the movie with Kevin Costner from Oliver Stone, JFK. All these different people have connections, you know. Um, so many, you know, Khrushchev's chart, Castro's chart, um, Governor Connolly's chart, because he was shot um, on in that same um, experience. Alan Dulles from the CIA. What about LBJ and his chart? So there are a lot of charts, and again, there's so many charts that we might find, you know, nuances here, different planetary positions, and hopefully, as I go through this, depending on how much time, we'll take a look at all of this. Okay, well, um, could go on and on, but I don't think I want to share any more at the moment. But now I think I've given you a good flavor. We're ending at two hours and 28 minutes. And I've done some of these podcasts have been three plus hours. And we're getting very close. It's 512 in the morning to um, within one minute of arc, one sixtieth of a degree of Jupiter reaching nine Aries 48. And in the next two hours, Jupiter will exactly come back to where it was um, in its 11.86 year cycle, not a 12 year cycle, to precisely where it was in the Pythagorean Triangle on the day that President Kennedy was murdered. And, you know, to this day, I am so sorry that this happened to our country, to the president, to the Kennedy family, um, and for, the, for our nation keeping all of these secrets, you know, and just hope at some particular point it all comes out so we can just move on, you know, and go on to understand so many other things. Uh, but I'm going to get into, um, again, watch for, aside from this, a part two eventually. And the other thing is that America's Astrological Destiny, which is a book length manuscript with a bunch of charts, prepare for that. And it's a rough rendition. At some point, I'll probably re-edit it, but I need to get this out. It's from 20 years ago. It was originally George W. Bush and America's Destiny, but I've changed the title. He's no longer president. And it has a tremendous amount of history about um, America. Um, the, the, this grand trine between July 4th, March 4th, and November 4th of the Declaration of Independence, when our presidents used to be inaugurated in early March, and when we vote. And so much more about Lincoln and Garfield and McKinley, uh, Theodore Roosevelt as well, uh, being the youngest person to ever be president, um, not so much elected, but because he took over from McKinley and he was only 42 and 11 months. And uh, that was that happened when Saturn was exactly stationary. There's some extraordinary things that I learned 20 years ago, and eventually I'll I'll update all of that with some of these new plants that we've discovered and so on. But look for that America's astrological destiny on Great Bear Enterprises that can connect up to all this. Thank you very much for taking all of this time to listen. Uh, order some of our stuff. We've got the astrology shop, as I said, 30% off on the reports that can really educate you about your birth chart, your cycle, skyline, timeline, uh, the birthday report, numerology report as well um, which only needs your month day and year of birth and your exact birth name and we've got our three-in-one reports as i said for 89 dollars and 99 cents normally 150 dollars if you want a consultation there's the phone consultation area the 36 classes in the school of planetary studies and the cosmic calendar that i've done for 40 plus years free one day at a time for iphones and android phones free one day at a time, but for pennies a day, you can subscribe. If you subscribe for the Cosmic Calendar, which are the sky cycles every day, 
that are impacting you whether you know it or not. Not everything are your transits and your progressions, but the ongoing daily cycles and your resonance to that. So um, it's called um, Daily Cosmic Calendar or Astrology Cosmic Calendar. And you'll see a logo of the Great Bear and the Seven Stars of the Great Bear. Free one day at a time for Android phones and iPhones. But you, if you subscribe for a year, which is $49.99, it used to be $85. You'll get a complimentary six-month timeline report on your transits and progressions based on your exact birth data. And that's sent to you as an attachment to email within 48 hours. That's if you subscribe for a year. $49.99 for the Cosmic Calendar. And there's a, a whole bunch of stuff. We're, we're about to have the Pisces New Moon, which will happen later tonight at 1 plus Pisces. The next full moon will be on March 7th uh, at 17 of Pisces and Virgo. And that's March 7th is when Saturn will enter, enter Pisces. Um, and by the way, one other thing about today um, to end here. Venus and Pluto are making a sextile. And the moon is in Aquarius, as I said, exactly crossing the ascendant of the um, assassination chart and the Shariklo position, which is the feminine com uh, companion to Chiron. So the whole idea of the wounded healing and shamans and mentors and spirituality, it's all connected to my reading this and doing this whole story today at this um, synchronistic moment of Jupiter exactly coming back to the precise position it had on November 22nd, 1963. And um, the fact that Mercury is also 11 plus of Aquarius, which is the moon position from the assassination and seeing that the, the moon itself right now is on the ascendant of that position. You can't make this up. So we have some very powerful cycles. Okay, take good care everybody and we'll move on um, to some more things about uh, the big picture of 2023. That was one of the previous podcasts. You might want to listen to that where I talk about Pluto, Neptune, cycles, what's been going on with Mars um, in the springtime here at the uh, vernal equinox in the Northern Hemisphere, March 20th, March 21. We not only have um, the start of spring in the Northern Hemisphere, but Jupiter and Saturn move into a 45 degree relationship in the sky. And Mars is going to leave Gemini finally on March 25th to go into the sign Cancer. And Pluto goes into Aquarius for back and forth that um, for the next two years. But that Pluto shift date into zero of Aquarius, that's going to happen on March 23rd. So there's a lot of activity coming up in the next couple of months. Okay, we'll keep reporting about it. Thank you again for listening. Many blessings. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.